Hello, everybody. It's me, Reslar from the future. And you know what that means. That means I forgot to give a shout-out to our sponsors. <laughs> I'm the worst fucking content creator. So I just want to give a quick shout-out to our sponsors because I forgot to do it during the actual podcast. You'll actually hear the point later on in the podcast where we, we realized we forgot to do that. But anyway, special shout out to Icarian Justicar, I Has Issues, Lord Carrot, My PP Itches, and Talus X Septum. You guys are the fucking best, and honestly, uh, we don't fucking deserve you. <laughs> Nor do we deserve anybody on Patreon, honestly. We're fucking horrid, but you know, it's fine, you know, it's fine. We appreciate you guys nonetheless. Thank you all so much for your support, and hopefully you guys enjoy this episode. Peace. I'm Reslar. I'm Frosty. As nobody's really engaged quite yet. Yep, oh, there we have a bit of- Oh, is that a triple stun for the Mystic? And welcome back to the Value Pack. And welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Value Pack. Uh, I don't think there's any, like, announcements this week, really, uh, so we'll just jump right into it. Our guest this week is a uh, very influential and long-term member of the community. He's been playing BDO for fucking ever. Uh, I used to look up to him as a warrior back in the day, before I knew what a, a good warrior looked like. Uh, it is Moreland TV. Thanks for joining us, man. Toxic. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for that intro. <laughs> <laughs> do you still so do you still play warrior you play succession warrior right yeah i'm actually not bad now <laughs> what uh how are you liking succession warrior i love it dude it's super dumbed down i don't have to cancel any animations um i can hold my spot against everyone except for sorks i like it a lot yeah <laughs> even even guardians Oh, Guardians are easy, dude. They only have one iframe, and they got that goofy axe swing that they do. You just walk up to them. They all do the same thing. They all step to the side, and then you grab them. <laughs> I wish I had a grab sometimes. So for people who maybe don't know who you are, why don't you talk about when you started playing the game? Kind of, you know, what have you always played Warrior? Kind of give us a, a small history of Moreland TV. Um, I started playing maybe like three or four weeks after the game came out. So that was all the way back in 2016. Uh, I started as a warrior. I thought from the videos in Korea that warrior was going to be this like super mobile bruiser class that could just go like dash from person to person, slam them on the ground and blow them up. I don't know why. I saw this video in Korea of some guy like just one-shotting people with Scars of Dusk, which of course didn't happen at all in NA. Uh, I think it was like super nerfed by the time the game came out. But yeah, nonetheless, I picked Warrior and played that for a long time. But I ended up, uh, after Awakening came out, I kind of started moving away from the class and I rerolled a bunch of times. I was a Musa for a while. I was a Wizard for a while. I was a Kuno for a while. Dark Knight, Lawn. At, at one point, I had um, geared out weapons for six different classes. So that was before I had any pin weapons. But yeah, I was I was bouncing around all over the place. Nice. What uh, What server were you on? Before the service merge, I forget. Uno, yeah, I was with. Oh yeah, okay, uh, that's what I thought. Warrior poets at the very beginning, and then barcode after warrior poets dissolved. That's right, Uno Dude, boy. Warrior poets, that's a fucking name I haven't heard in a while. Was that like an all warrior guild or something? No, no. Uh, warrior. No, warrior it's poets just like was... a. 
Warrior Poets was legitimately man up before man up was man up. Like honestly, were, kind of yeah. They were like the most hated guild on the server. Like everyone yeah. fucking hated them. They were so strong. Like basically, I think only barcode could like really fight them like one v one. And even then, I think Warrior Poets was still stronger. Yeah, there was definitely a time with it. Basically, Warrior took really oppressive. It, it basically took like I I still remember because I was a part of a. Uh, do you remember back on Uno, Moreland, the Brotherhood Alliance? Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember we fight that. like eight guilds at once. <laughs> yeah, so I was I was in one of those guilds that was part of the Brotherhood Alliance, and I remember like uh, we used to fight warrior poets like with like fucking like five of us versus just warrior poets. It was like insane, dude. Yeah, we controlled every. We had the world bosses. That's back when they were on like um, they weren't on static timers. So we had the windows for world bosses, and we we can we would control those on several different channels. And do the, you would kill one boss and then hop channels, then kill another boss and hop channels. So you know we you'd get like three or four kills in on each boss, and anyone who wasn't warrior poets on that channel was just. Dead. Now what I I I don't remember what happened to warrior poets. Why did warrior poets die? No leadership. Um, we had the original guys who ran the guild quits a couple months in, and then we had a new leader, and then that person quit. Pretty much every time we got a new leader, they would quit two weeks later, and that happened like three or four times. And then finally, Daba and a bunch of the guys decided to just go because Daba kind of became the new like de facto leader, and he didn't really want to be. So um, he took like ten or fifteen people that were sort of the remaining core, and we all merged into Barcode. So it really was like man up. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, we were. It's funny because like a lot of the reason we were hated was because of the people who weren't even playing the game anymore. So we were just like in this guild with this terrible reputation, and the people who were responsible for the reputation weren't even around. So we were just getting punished for like other people being assholes. So we finally just we tried changing the name, um, uh, but eventually, like, we just didn't really have a leader. So we decided to go join Barcode. I think the only guild that was more hated on Uno back in those days was probably Nox. Do you remember Nox? Yeah, I remember Nox. Damn, that Nox so was hard. like Nox was like the probably the third strongest guild on the server, but they were the number one toxic guild. I remember everyone just fucking hated them. <laughs> I think they ended up merging into, they might have ended up joining Barcode as well. I don't remember. Barcode ended up kind of scooping up all the strong players around that time period and and really yeah. locking down Uno for the rest of the server, really, until the merge. Oh, yeah. I still remember when fucking Barcode had uh, three regions at once. Yep. I got, uh, I got multiple titles at the server merge because of that. Yeah, people don't people don't remember that that was a thing back in the day, or they don't know because they didn't play back then. But you could own multiple regions uh, at the same time back then because the base your base automatically gets placed whenever you own a region because it goes into the castle when you own a castle region that is. And so what the game was coded like back then was it was like, oh, you haven't placed your base yet, so you can still place a base. And so what Barcode could do is they owned Valencia, and then they could go place a base in Medaya and still have their base in Valencia Castle. The, the shit was funny as hell. Honestly, I thought that was like pretty unique level of like play for uh, large scale because, you know, it, 
the only guilds that could really pull it off were extremely powerful guilds and kind of like also scenarios where it was not hard for them to finish off the the main region that they were concerned about and then they could somehow manage to haul ass over to the secondary region which only had like 10 to 15 people defending it oh yeah and then I, rebuild I and go from there it was like such a time crunch and See, I actually liked that system because it was like really like risk versus reward. It was, I don't know, I, I liked it personally, but I know a lot of siege guilds. I think I was in a, I was in Fire Nation at the time oh, where yeah, Barco had a bunch of guilds or a bunch of regions rather, and uh, I know a lot of people were like really annoyed, but I yeah. liked it. I don't know. Yeah, the it was interesting though because the fact that everyone got so annoyed is part of the reason why um, they started to like team up and fight back because uh, we were sitting on two regions for a while and no one would even bother contesting us so we would we literally send like 20 people to one region and like 20 people to another region and everyone else would just keep grinding and um, it wasn't until we took a third region that people on the server were like okay enough of this shit and they started teaming up on us um, and well, you know they would hit us on multiple India. regions at once and then we would we would really have like a difficult three-way fight and we couldn't hold three regions once people started actually you know teaming up and strategy yeah well the mistake y'all made is y'all y'all uh took syrindia which was like the i mean syrindia and balanos back then or just like syrindia and balanos now it's like all the i mean not to be offensive to any guilds out there but it's kind of like the minor guild siege scene you know like the non-castle guilds and so like all of those guilds basically said fuck barcode <laughs> yeah <laughs> just like dogpiled the shit out of you guys it was really funny because I remember uh, the Fire Nation, um, Fire Nation was it Equilibrium Alliance, I think at the time, owned Calfion, like basically exclusive. We were in Calfion forever because we had like a three guild alliance with Fire Nation, Equilibrium, and I think Sushi. And like basically the only guild that was strong enough to come fight our alliance was Barcode, but you guys were doing your own thing on the other side of the world. So it was like, whatever, who cares? I have a question on this. Do do you think any guild today is strong enough to even win a second region without it being like lucky that no one placed on one of them? Oh yeah, if it's if it's Balanos Serendia as a second region, easily. I think any of the castle guilds really could could probably split and do Zerg down so fast. Like even yesterday, we we did like for fun Balanos, and none of the guilds were particularly strong. But if like a percentage of Snake was there. It would have just been like 6v1 or whatever. Well, there's going to be occasions where they don't actually have to defend Medaya, right? So, like, in that situation, if they're dropped on another region, they, it's right. just, they can just go with nearly their full force. But like so, I, I think people could definitely take two. I don't know about three, but I think there's guilds that could take two for sure, depending on the politics that we... Could, barcode back then could actually defend both, though, when they had two? Yeah, we defended two um, pretty <laughs> successfully. It wasn't until we took the third one that... Um, we we were kind of spread too thin. Yeah, because you, again, you got to realize like the three strongest guilds on the server had basically all merged into one. Let me update. Yeah. Let me update my Warrior question. Bullets, then. Could someone d- defend two regions if they owned both? Oof. Yeah. Today, I mean. Yeah. Today. Probably not with the Merc oh, system. Nah. I think I think they would get zerged with the Merc yeah. system since you can't have Mercs as a defender. You'd have like two different, you know, hundred v fifties at best. Right. So, how long after after your uh, your barcode stuff until you joined uh, Vertex? Because you were you're kind of in Vertex for most of it, right? Most of Vertex's 
Um, yeah, I was in Vertex. Let's see. So um, Orca quits BDO, I want to say, around like April 2017. Rest in peace, our savior. Yeah, and once once he left, there was this weird time period where like we weren't really sure what was going to happen to Barcode. And I, I might have stayed in Barcode if I knew that they were going to reform. But there was like several weeks where we didn't really know who the leader was going to be or what was going to happen. And it seemed like everyone was kind of just going their own way. A lot of my friends had already left, and several of them had joined Vertex. Some of them joined other guilds. Um, and so, yeah, at that point I left. But it, it ended up, you know, Barcode ended up obviously coming back pretty strong under Kinetic. Um, but by that time, I had already joined up with Vertex. I thought Vertex was going to be like a low-tier node bully guilds. Uh, so I thought that's what I was signing up for. I was kind of burnt out on the siege scene at that point. I, I just wanted to like outgear people on T2s. Um, and then as soon as I joined Vertex, they became like the next big siege guild. So I got thrust right back into it. Well, Vertex originally was like the the bully guild weren't yeah they? they they were like that for months and then like the who, second who, i joined they were like oh we want to see who was the original <laughs> leader i don't remember who originally made vertex uh vudani was always in charge back back then i don't know if he founded the guild but he was by far the best shot caller i've ever seen in this game i had a lot of fun fighting under Vutani. really he was the, he was the, he was the best shot caller you've ever seen Oh yeah, man. He's and then uh, Sav, who took over Vertex, was also really good. Um, but yeah, both both those guys, I had an amazing time fighting under them. People would actually listen to their calls, like even in um, even in guilds like Barcode, where you have really geared players. Uh, when you get into one of those really high end siege guilds, you have a lot of big egos, a lot of people who want to do their own thing or just frag out and like go for kills and ignore the objective. In Vertex, like everyone respected Vudani so much. It, when he said something, people reacted to it instantly. Like people weren't off fucking around. Um, if if he said to go in, you went in because you knew the ball was going to be there. You knew your PAs were, were going to be there. Um, they just the way he would fake engage and move the ball, like um, the way he would communicates which direction we were going everyone understood immediately what he meant uh it was it was a lot of fun uh i kind of missed those days so, so let's let's get you into a little bit of trouble who do you think is the best shot caller right now um i don't know i don't really listen to any shot callers i've seen a little bit of like sasha's shot calling and a little bit of norelio's shot calling but um i don't really pay a whole lot of attention so it'd be hard for me to judge fair enough yeah i think that's fair to say with any uh siege member so <laughs> can you give it because i actually think vertex is kind of whole run like the the growth of it like uh, up until about what a year and a half ago or a year ago when they were like kind of peaking and they were like borderline as strong as snake or at least close like if you could give us the backstory on like that that growth and then how it how it ended um like what what kind of happened there i think it just grew because of the leadership honestly the leadership was so strong and it was so enjoyable to pvp with that group of guys um, that it kept attracting good members from other guilds uh every once in a while one of our top fraggers would get poached by snake but um you know for, for the most part that was just kind of like more fuel for the propaganda um I, I think that's, or not Snake, it was uh, Man Up at the time. And honestly, I think what ended up allowing us to topple Man Up uh, permanently was 
it was Dong Fan left Cho Nation to join Man Up, and he was like their strongest member at the time. And that ended up leading to like the Vertex Cho anti Man Up alliance. And from there, like once once those guilds were on the same side, because Vertex and Cho kind of had a rivalry before then. And once they actually started working together against Man Up, it was just sort of like times up, like Man Up could no longer survive that. And once they started losing regions, um, it was it was really only a few weeks after that that they basically just quit the game. Right. And then they all most of their their big names go to Snake. And now there's the See, I, I joined. I was going to join Vertex after I left Hex, but then uh, I don't remember what happened. I think like someone just didn't get back to me. It like got delayed, and then Black Rose is like recruiting me. So I joined Black Rose. It was like Black Rose Cho, and they had this. Or Black Rose and uh, Barcode had this rivalry with Cho Vertex, which I feel like for me personally in the siege scene was like one of the most fun times in the game. That was like about like right before Vertex leadership quit. Um, yeah, I agree. That was that was a really good time for the scene. And honestly, part of the reason it was so good is because Manup had been toppled. They did, they weren't politicking anymore, and it was just actually strong guilds that wanted to fight. You know, it wasn't people who were circle jerking or passing off regions or like scripting fights. It was it was actually just people who wanted PvP. Uh, unfortunately, you know, didn't didn't last that long. But that was like a really good time for Siege. I think probably the best time. Um, not counting Snake, because they, they always had, like, kind of the strongest members. But was Vertex the strongest of the remaining ones for a while? Like, Vertex, Cho, Black Rose, Barcode? At the time, yeah. I think, I think for sure. Um, there was, there was a moment, a, a brief moment, probably for a few months, where I think Vertex was the strongest. If you put us 1v1, um, even though we, we were still out geared a little bit by, um, Snake or Man Up, just the fact that those guilds had kind of um they were they were kind of out of practice from sitting on regions for like you know 10 20 weeks in a row and vertex was so polished at that point we were fighting so much and we were fighting an uphill battle every week and you know under vudani and sov i feel like we were just so polished at that point that we could we could even beat guilds that had better gear than us all right so when nice. like they all quit right winters vudani sov like they all kind of left around the same time um sov was around for quite a while after vudani quits and he continued to lead vertex and vertex was pretty strong under vudani it wasn't until after sov left that vertex started to decline okay and now now we have new vertex i feel like vertex has rebirthed like twice since then yeah more more than twice there was there was a bunch of different leaders at that point um at one point kenjara took over and then he had some drama with some of the other leaders i don't remember the details of all that i wasn't super active in vertex after sov left um but yeah there was a there were several different leaders that took over during that period and there was a lot of infighting there's a lot of people who left to join other guilds um and then you know ultimately even Kinjara left, and I think that's when Phoenix took over. Right. And then Phoenix led the guild for a while um, and eventually went nuts and that, kicked everyone out. Yeah. You guys remember that, right? Well, oh, yeah, that dude. led to the famous mass <laughs> kicking mid-siege. <laughs> yeah, uh, what, what, what's the deal? What happened there? Were you in Vertex still? Yeah, yeah. I wasn't like super active at the time. Um, my favorite memory of Phoenix was actually when we backstabbed Vexus. Um, so, oh, yeah. you know, I after after Phoenix time. took over, <laughs> yeah, a, a lot of people had left at that point. Um, I think I, I want to say 
that that was around the time that we lost like pretty badly to Black Rose. I think it was after maybe after Sov left or after Kanjar left. After after one of those big leaders left, uh, we had a fight against Black Rose in Valencia where we just got like completely dominated, and it was that moment where we realized like, okay, this this was a guild that we had beaten a ton of times in the past, and in that fight, it was so clear that Black Rose was now like stronger than um, that was the than Vertex. Code black yeah. versus Chover. Yeah, it was it was a two v two, but it was basically we were just controlled by Black Rose the right. entire time. Like we never left our base. Um, they didn't even need help from their allies. So it was it was like at that point we had realized, okay, this has shifted. We're no longer the strongest guild. And um, then later on, um, I don't remember exactly why, but we were we were allied with Vexus on Valencia and I don't remember who were we, who we were fighting, but Phoenix was like super fired up at the end of the fight. Um, you know, we're like two or three hours in and he just goes, okay, boys, this is our fucking castle. We're backstabbing Vexus. Like he, he gave this amazing speech <laughs> in uh, <laughs> in comms about how like we deserve this castle. And I don't, I don't really remember why, but he was so excited to backstab Vexus. That's, that's kind yeah. of my favorite. I think of, in that war, oh, that, reminds, that reminds me so much of good fight days with McCann's leading. He'd be like, yeah, fuck these kids. Let's take this shit. I think <laughs> yeah, pretty much two v one. I think in that war we two v one either barcode or black rose before that happened. So it already was like a stressful war because it's one of those things where we had to get shit stomped for two hours before we could even have our one v one. Yeah, that one's stalemated, right? Is that how that went? Yeah, I think we we got farmed by black rose in the castle for you know like seven hours and then we decided <laughs> yeah. to backstab vexus at the very end it was something like that yeah the standard dude Jeez. see that that was like such a weird it, it caught it actually caused a kind of cool rivalry though between the two guilds because we had a bunch of cool node wars after that and like on siege like it was like oh shit dude here comes our rival and like vexus and vertex were so close at that time in strength so it was actually like kind of fun fights um, yeah, it was it was good content. We almost uh, it's funny, too, because, uh, you know, if we had had our old shot caller, I think we would have uh, actually backstabbed them pretty successfully. I remember we, we de-annexed them and got their fort down to like 30 percent and then we just couldn't finish it for like the next hour. They, they turtled and for some reason we just couldn't get organized. People were too busy running around the desert and, you know, getting kills. And yeah. they just ended up stalemating, RBF, we didn't even man. backstab successfully. Our, our leadership was... They were so tilted after that because they were so confused. <laughs> they were like, what the fuck? I don't know. I, I can't even remember. Yeah, what it was one of the time. dumbest political moves I've ever seen in the game, but it was it was good content. It was pretty Yeah. All right. So so Phoenix kicks everyone out. Are you in you're in Vertex still, right? Or no? No, I'm not in Vertex. I, I left Vertex a long time ago. Uh, I left Vertex when Phoenix kicked everyone out. So I guess technically I didn't leave because um, everyone got booted. But yeah, he was having um, some internal drama with Evenson and the other leaders, and they were basically asking Phoenix to step down. I think. Um, yeah. I don't remember what the details right. were, but they they wanted to take a they wanted to take back GM from him, or they wanted him to step down as a leader. And I don't I don't know if he was going to still be GM like in game, but just not be in charge as a figurehead something like that any anyways they wanted him to step down and he basically decided no uh i'm the gm i can do whatever i want and kicked everyone from the guild which uh i wasn't in the middle of siege <laughs> yeah uh, like i thought that was like pretty a toxic because it's 
I thought that was pretty toxic. If he was the founder of the guild and people wanted him to step down, that's one thing. But like, you know, they voted him in. They were well within their rights to vote him out. So I think that was a pretty dick move on his part to just like baby rage and kick everyone. Um, but that's what that's kind of how the first Vertex guilds died. But then they did reform under VRTX. Um, but once they once the old vertex died i was pretty inactive in the pvp scene for a while up until that point so i wasn't really that close with vertex leadership i didn't really know what was going on and i, I didn't even really show up to siege half the time so um i kind of decided it was that i was going to move on and like look for a new project in the game and that was around the time that tim allen was restarting aftershock and so i thought okay the siege scene in NA sucks right now there's like five guilds left let's see if we can build a new guild and like, you know, reinvigorate siege a little bit. So I ended up joining up with Tim and um, I've been an aftershock since like the beginning of the year. And how's that gone so far? Uh, it's been mixed. The aftershock leadership does some stuff from time to time that I find pretty frustrating, but uh, we've had some good fights for sure. It's I'd say it's like 50, 50 one week. It, it's all, you know, politics and bullshit and we're getting zerged out by, um, the, you know, whatever group of guilds that hate us for whatever reason, but uh, you know, <laughs> the other half of the time we're getting good fights. I, I think the siege scene still sucks quite a bit, but the node war scene has been pretty good. We get really good node wars every week, so I've been happy with that. Those those fights are more fun, anyways, when they're you know it's thirty or forty people instead of a hundred. Yeah. Do you feel like people hate aftershock because of Hiki, or is it just like? Maybe Tim Allen's reputation. Like, what is the deal? I mean, they get a lot. Uh, it's of hate. a combination of things. Yeah, half half of them hate him. Be, hate the guild because you know Tim can be a little bit trolly. I think people take Tim too seriously, kind of like they used to take Lakari too seriously back in the day. Um, so that that gives us some drama. And then Soggy, who is one of the other leaders, um, you know, he's a massive shit togger and hothead as well. So he likes to piss a lot of people off. And uh, sometimes the diplomacy he does definitely backfires as well. So I, I think between the two of them, they manage to piss off most of the server from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did Aftershock kill Black? Did I ask you what happened to Black? Black isn't dead. Oh, okay. Are they around? No, yeah. we had a we had a small merger, and they wanted the name change, so we abided by that. And uh, you know, what's the guild name now? Mirage. Oh, it's Mirage. Yeah. And who who merged into you guys? Um, forget which group it was. Honestly, I'm kind of out of the loop with the whole leadership stuff. Um, <laughs> no, she's like, I honestly don't give a fuck. <laughs> pretty much. I mean, get, yeah, give me, I missed give out me on a red that drama and, uh, too. I'll, you'll kill him. You missed out on so, the I mean, shock versus black drama. Well, people will come into shaky. my chat and be like, "Hey, what do you what do you think about Shaky Bay?" And I'm just like, uh, I don't know, dude. Like, what do you? I don't care. <laughs> I don't think I've actually <laughs> ever seen drama. you in any of the uh, the gvgs that we've had with aftershock actually now that I think it's too busy it. playing rage shadow legends full time hell yeah dude <laughs> <laughs> again Shit. yeah you can't even have time for small people like shaky yeah um, <laughs> small all small kids and our small drama yeah. no it's uh no i mean it's right, still going it's on it's just not as it's just not as hot topic as you know it was originally that's all yeah um 
So give us a little bit uh, of background on, on, on just kind of you. I, were you streaming before BDO? Did you have a community before BDO or did you kind of grew your Not stuff? Not really. Um, I had streamed one other game before BDO. It was a game called Cards and Castles. I didn't stream it like to be a Twitch streamer. Mm-hmm. I was developing Cards and Castles at the time um, with some friends in San Diego. So we, we made our own like little card strategy game. Um, it was kind of like Hearthstone meets chess. So it was, a, it was a card game, but it was played on a grid board. So you could move your cards around like units on a board. Um, and so we, we developed that game for a few years. And I would stream that game just kind of like as a community manager to talk to people and like show off new content and stuff. So I had some experience and I had like this, the microphone and the webcam and everything set up. Um, but I didn't start taking streaming itself seriously, like as a career until BDO. And BDO just seems like the perfect game to launch a stream off of because I remember playing BDO for a few days and just thinking nobody knows what the fuck is going on in this game. Nothing. No good guides. Everyone's confused. Every every other streamer that I ask for information, they're wrong about like 80% of the questions I ask. So I'm I'm like, okay, I got to start making videos for this game and and seeing what I can do. And uh, then the the stream and the YouTube channel kind of took off from there. Yeah, you you were definitely one of the first ones that I recall being a main source of information for sure. Yeah. Um, well, I and yeah, it- like back then we didn't know anything. It was all player discovered content, and that's it. And that was even before like Blue came out with all the data mine stuff. But like, so every little aspect. You I had find to it interesting, out. oh dude. Back then, people had like Zodiac tinfoil. They had. <laughs> there was all sorts of things. People yeah. were talking about like S ranks increase your drop rate, and there was there was so much just random stuff that people yeah. believed that there was no evidence for. So it, I, I find it interesting you say BDO is a perfect game because when you say when you talk about streaming or not not you but the figurative you, um, people feel like BDO is like a horrible place, right? Part of it is MMOs are hard to stream in general unless you're like wow at its height because it's just hard to get viewers. But you feel like BDO actually has like a viewership and stuff that you can get something serious started. Yeah, I mean if you play if you know the game well. Um... I think it's one of the best games to build a channel on because if you can explain and make guides about this game, like even now people will come in and ask me for updates to guides that I posted two or three years ago. Um, There's a huge number of new players on BDO all the time. And I think a lot of veteran players don't realize how big that population is. But, um, you know, the truth is Pearl Abyss does a pretty good job marketing this game. And um, there's people, there's a lot of people quitting every month and there's a lot of people joining every month. So when you have a game with really high turnover like that, the market for guides and streams is, is constantly there. You know, people are looking for information. They're looking for content. They're, they're looking to see who in the directory they like and, you know, who, um, just who they want to hang out with or who they want to learn from. So there's always room for growth. I don't think that the community is as static as people realize, you know, the, the siege scene is super static, but the rest of the, you know, the other 99% of the game is it's constantly coming and going. So even now I feel like BDO is a, a pretty good game to like establish yourself as a content creator, as long as you can put out unique and useful content. All right. How was it when you moved over to console? comparatively uh it was it was fun i i loved playing on console i mean it was laggy um but back during the pre-awakened days the game was a lot less laggy overall so the game actually ran pretty well and i just had a blast playing the game on a fresh start 
Um, as far as like streaming and everything went, it was pretty decent. Like there was some amount of Xbox players who would want to watch Twitch streams. It obviously wasn't as big as PC, but um, I started a guild on Xbox that ended up doing really well. And yeah, man, just playing a fresh start of BDO was was exhilarating. I'm I'm kind of looking forward to seasons, although it's not really the same thing. It's not truly a fresh start. But if they ever do an actual like a fresh start server in BDO, um, I think people forget about a lot of the like magic from the Calpheon and Medaya era and just like GVGing at abandoned monastery and shit. Um, that that was so much fun, man. That's, that's probably the most fun I've had in BDO in years. So if they did a fresh start server, though, would it would it be a fresh start starting with the old patch in this hypothetical world, or I that's what I would want them to do. I want like a BDO classic that just goes through the expansions every few months, you know. But right, um, I don't guys, I don't know if I'll ever do something guys like that. At a abandoned monastery farming elites. Yeah, dude, <laughs> it was so fun. Um. So what? Why did you end up like rolling off console just because like lag, or or why did you come back? to pc full-time yeah so uh once awakening came out the game got a lot laggier um sieges especially playing a warrior um playing a awakened warrior with 20 fps isn't that fun none of your abilities work <laughs> so um i re-rolled to witch because i'm I, I literally picked a class in console thinking what's a class who's going to be the most successful when my screen is frozen for 10 seconds and i'm like okay well which has long aoe animations i'll just go cast voltaic and then hopefully someone dies so i don't know it just wasn't as fun like playing once awakening came out because the game became so much laggier and also um i don't know this probably sounds kind of arrogant but we kind of beat the game uh the guilds that we had on xbox was uh, we had one loss the very first week castles came out um, we overextended against Vert's Guild Squirt Squad, and uh, we didn't realize how the Xbox loading times were going to add like an extra two or three minutes to our respawn timers, basically. So we we pushed this fort thinking like, oh, we'll just we'll just die on the fort and, and res, you know, just like you do on PC. Um, but everyone's Xbox took so long to respawn and the forts were so much weaker that we, we basically died in the first push. Like we went over to kill one of Squirt's allies and um, on the, on the very first push, they just went to our fort and killed it in like five minutes and none of us could respawn fast enough to, to defend it. So Jeez, we, we fast. lost. Yeah. It, it, the forts were so much weaker. Um, so we lost the first week, but after that we, we won like, 10 or 11 weeks in a row um and and it was like resounding victories like none of the other guilds on console were um or even close there was even like two or three guilds alliance alliances that were trying to beat us and you know it was like it was like barcode all over again um so i felt like i had kind of done everything i wanted to do on console at that point you know i wasn't enjoying it as much and it was kind of like mission accomplished you know what 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 is there left to do um, and I had made a shitload of gains on PC right when console came out. I kind of blew up a bunch of gear on PC thinking that I was going to take a break to go play console and everything went up. Like I, I made five <laughs> Ted accessories and a pin weapon over the course of like three hours on PC. Um, and so I was kind of itching to actually get back into PC at that point and like use all this gear that had just been sitting on the shelf while I was playing console. What was the, um, <laughs> was it a breath of fresh air when you came back to PC, like performance-wise? 
Oh yeah, yeah. It it, it ran the the game runs so much better. I mean, um, it's it's obviously it's like probably it's frustrating like, <laughs> since we have a lot of issues, but obviously I, not I'm near curious, as many as like, console. Uh, every, in your opinion, because you play a lot of different games, and I, I imagine you played WoW Classic and a bunch of different MMOs in your time. How from like switching around to different games? How is BDO like performance in your opinion? Like just overall. Um, I mean, I think the game runs really well outside of large PvP fights, but in terms of PvP, it's definitely lacking. Um, other other MMOs I've played, like e- even games like Darkfall, come to mind. You know, I remember doing sieges in Darkfall, where we'd have hundreds of people throwing projectiles at each other, um, and you know that was that was an action combat game, and you had you know you had people putting like thunderstorms and shit that were AOEing. 20 people at a time there's a there's a lot going on and even the sieges in that game from 2009 i f- i feel like i remember it running better than the sieges in bdo um the, the other thing with bdo is like th- this is the only game where the client server desync has been like a problem of this magnitude and i think that's just the result of a korean developer who's used to everyone being on like seven ping because one of the things BDO does is, you know, whenever the server lags, if you use an ability and that ability didn't actually go off, it'll still go on cooldown, right? So like your client and the will just use the ability and tell you that you use the ability and put the ability on cooldown, even though in reality on the server side, you never use that skill. So it's like the the disconnect between the client and the server on BDO is probably the worst that I've seen in a PvP game. All right. What about frame rate? Outside of Siege, I guess, since you said it's already shit. Out, outside of Siege, I think the game runs pretty well. Um, I mean, I, I spent a good amount of money on the PC that I'm using now back in like 2018 is when I upgraded, but I kind of feel like it's still not good enough. I'm probably going to have to upgrade again this year whenever those new video cards come out. Don't tell me. Do it's, it's the card. thing is, one of the problems with FPS and BDO is like you might not notice FPS drops as much in other games, uh, you, especially playing a warrior in BDO. You notice FPS drops because your your skills do different damage when you're lagging. Like th- th- there's this weird FPS equals DPS thing in BDO. So even even if other games might have had like frame rate issues you just feel them more in BDO. Like you get punished for them more in, in BDO, I feel like. All right. So you think it's Moreland. best to just play Sork I get an iframe? Yeah, exactly. I mean, time to kill is part of it too, right? If you, if you get like one stutter where you lose your character for half a second and because of that, somebody grabs you, uh, you know, you're dead. Whereas in other games, if you have like a half a second stutter, I feel like you can recover from All right. I got I got a serious question for you, Moylan. Yeah. Do I crown this this try distortion attempt, or do I just go for it? Um, probably. I think distortion's worth crowning at most levels. I'd have to look at the prices, but I, I think right most now? distortion enhancing it makes sense to crown. I'm just saying, if I don't crown it, then I'll have potentially two attempts if it succeeds for Ted. Well, all the all the crom prices are based on the pre patch, like the pre central market values. So the crom price for distortion is set to like 125 mil base, which is 
what half of the actual value. So it's probably worth chroning at at every level. And the higher the level, the more worth. So like the Tet distortion would probably be the more the most worth to cron out of all of them. But I think any level would be worth croning. All right. We're gonna try without croning and then. I mean, we'll it's not like you get fail stacks if you. If yeah, you yeah, yeah. Lose right. So. Are you just doing this for profit, or do you need uh, Tet distortion? Well, I'm gonna try to go for Tet distortion so that I can sell it for a pen to pen tree. Jesus. <laughs> pen tree? Why not pen red nose? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, that's true. You could do that. Cheaper Kaffirs, dude. Would be cheaper to get the Kaffirs, especially now that yep. they announced next month, right? Next month is when uh, the Black Star armor is coming out. Oh, uh, you don't want Black Star armor. You want the Fallen God armor, which or, is yeah, not that's what I mean. I'm sorry. Until Lolita. Yeah, that's kind of not coming out till uh, Q2. Or uh, sorry, second half. Second half. Yes, yeah, second, could be second half. December 31st. <laughs> Vegas. All right, we're gonna go for it. Right, oh, well. I wanted to bring up something, Frosty. Yeah, what's up? I don't. I saw this somewhere. It may have been in the comments. I don't remember, but somebody said that uh, winter twenty twenty one could also mean like this winter, because apparently, like Koreans, when they say like winter twenty twenty one, they uh, they all could be like January, January February. February. Right. Yeah. I think that I I don't remember where I saw that. I think it may have been in the comments, but somebody somebody said that, and I was like, "Dude, I fucking hope." That would make more sense. To be <laughs> that honest, makes way because... more sense because hyping something that's a year and a half away seems yeah, weird, even for Perla Bit. Yeah, they've I mean, never it's still done that. a year and a half away for us, but for Korea, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, actually, that's a good point. Yeah, because it is only technically winter twenty twenty for fucking nine days this year at the end of the year, you know, and then it's twenty twenty one. So yeah. Yeah. So somebody said I don't know if that's true. I cannot fact check that, but uh, that's what somebody said that maybe that could be a, a thing. I mean, while they have had announcements that take two years to come out, I don't think they've ever announced something not coming for two years. Like, all right, in two years, get ready. Especially a region, it's such a long. Hmm. Yeah, and I mean, all the regions in Korea are usually ten, twelve months apart, right? So Odalita came out in like February. So if the snow region is coming out in January or February, that kind of makes sense. Like it coming out in Korea. Yeah. I guess the, between Drigan and Odalita was pretty long though, but they delayed Odalita a few times, even in KR. So, um, okay. So you mentioned earlier <clears throat> that the seed scene is not as good right now. So in your opinion, what is wrong with the seed scene and how can we fix it? Both like, I guess from the community standpoint, <clears throat> but also what can Pearl Abyss do to fix the seed scene and make it more interesting or better or whatever? Yeah, so that's there's there's two big problems. Part of it is game mechanics and part of it is, is the players. Um, and the two things kind of go back and forth, right? So I think the biggest problem with the siege scene is the Merc system. Um, the fact that anyone can just drop on a Saturday and put 60 mercs into their guilds, like the whole incentive of building up a guild for siege is, is gone when people can just merc into guilds and get a fight on Saturday night. It used to be that if you wanted to fight on Saturday night, you had to join a guild, you had to be part of that guild, you had to help that guild build up and get strong enough so that they could actually place on a Saturday. Now it's like 
people can just be in whatever guild they want. They don't really have to invest and they can just be a war hero on Saturday. Um, so that means we have less guilds overall and the guilds that we do have are much lower quality than they used to be. So I think that's a big problem. And I think Pearl Abyss knows about this. Um, like they've mentioned it several times over the past few months, but they don't, for whatever reason, they haven't implemented a solution. I think something like capping Mercs at 10 on Saturday would probably be the best start to fixing that. Right. And then the problem number two, besides the, the Merc thing? Um, yeah, it's just that the players we have right now um i i think it's one of those things it's like a feedback loop where you have less guilds that are in the scene and mm -hmm. so you have fewer players overall and the guilds that are there are kind of they're, they're most interested in just holding their position and like passing castles back and forth there's not a lot of guilds that actually want good fights um, and be like because the scene has gotten more stale, it attracts the wrong type of person, you know. Um, uh, and uh, so you keep having more people joining Siege who just want to castle sit and who don't want good fights. And people who do want good fights are in node war guilds and they don't even show up on Saturdays. And because you're attracting that type of player, that starts a feedback loop where you're attracting more of those players and more of those players. And it's gotten to a point, I think where like the entire siege scene is just is so stale. And like anyone who actually cares about PVP just thinks that Saturday is, is a joke for the most part. Yeah, I concur. I, I just wish I know it's never going to happen, but I do kind of wish there were like more objectives that felt fun yeah. to, accomplish, uh, to accomplish. I don't know. Like I, I thought they should yeah. try doing like other things like um you know where your castle guild they hold the region and whatnot but throughout the week to kind of give them a way to and this would obviously this is not something that would be easy to implement per se but to kind of give some like different kind of combat just have like um types of combat where flex groups are actually more focused like um so whenever you have a guild that owns a territory um smaller nodes would be a thing where basically you can choose 10 to 15 players to help defend against an opposing 10 to 15 players where they try to steal resources from your end of week um money um kind of like pillaging your your territory so to speak and that would allow you to have you know some focus more on flex classes because they would you know thrive in that kind of combat rather than the large scale which would thrive obviously with the witch wizards and the the heavy comps um i don't know just different kinds of combat and it would also let siege guilds also still participate without needing to hop um you know to a, a different one and especially with like the hp thing going around where they just hop kills to avoid the HP stuff if they get kicked out or whatever. Yeah, I, I think the Witch Wizard meta is a big part of the problem too yeah. because if you want to make a Siege Guild, you're forced to fill half your roster with staff classes. And if you can't do that, like you you just kind of lose in large scale. Yeah. Um, that, so that makes that's, that's even another barrier to making a guild and joining in. There's so many barriers for people to actually get into Siege right now. Yeah, and that was like, I mean, they could probably still end up doing Witch Wizards for that kind of idea. But the only reason why I was thinking that is because then it kind of splits your guild comp where you want to focus, yeah, on your large skill so you win the actual territory. But 
then you need to consider the smaller territory aspect throughout the week to, um, you know, maintain the highest amount of resources potential without being pillaged to death. Cause then it kind of makes it like, just because you win Saturday, it doesn't mean your fights over kind of thing. So that they had some kind of system where they were going to put Valencia versus Calfion in like a massive world war. And they were going to yeah, yeah. die a castle. And it's, it seemed like they were kind of going for that where they were like going to spread out guilds over different areas and trying to make it more interesting. But then the whole yeah, thing just got scrapped. Uh, yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't know if they have the ability to really execute on like big arching, yeah. changes like that they they just don't seem to really understand siege well enough to to do that so the the changes that they do make are kind of hit and miss but i i don't know i think there's simple changes they can make i think nerfing pa into the ground would be a great start <laughs> like yeah, you know there's there's know just some weird thing things going on in the meta right now that everyone agrees is kind of stale and bad dude i, I wish that as bad as it probably would have been, I wish at least we got to experience the Territory Wars. Because remember, one of the rules with the Territory War thing was if you die once, you're out. Oh, man. Yeah. Like, Jesus. That actually sounds so fun because your life, it, it's like, that would be scary as shit, right? I'm sure it sounds fun for a concealment kuno, you fucker. Yeah, except <laughs> yeah. Wizwitch Wiz would still fucking win. <laughs> like that's. Oh the thing. my god, Musa May was be the only one alive because we run away it, from each other. If concealment <laughs> could could uh, recover your HP and bring you back to life, it, it would have been opiate shit. I agree. You know what I would have liked to see with that kind of mechanic. What if they gave everybody an insane amount of HP, like like twenty thousand bonus HP, but you couldn't recover it? I don't know. So like a wound system. People, sort people of? would just hide, I think, from every fight. Yeah, they would. Yeah, that, then Kuno Ninja would be OP as shit. Just, <laughs> I would just hide, dude. Um, let I me, let me the idea that sounded fun. Like, Maybe you would recover health from getting kills, and then Ooh. you'd have an incentive to go out and kill people because uh, you, uh, you could that, recover that the damage. That then go. the three-minute class can prevail. I like it. I like it. Just hide for three minutes. Q buffs up. All right, time to go in. Hell yeah. Yeah, Q buff. That's another thing that's great for the siege scene, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have a question for you guys. I thought about this whenever they introduced the the like ogre and troll scroll things. Mm -hmm. For you know what I'm talking about? Yep. Why didn't they just make that like an objective that you can get in siege? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that would be cool. Like you put a tower somewhere out on the map that would incentivize the castle holder to go out and get it. Otherwise, the other yeah, team exactly. gets it. That would like, be. They fun. do that on mobile. You buff the shit out of it. You say there's an objective somewhere in the region. You have to find it. Whoever ends up like destroying it, capturing it, whatevering it, uh, they get the ogre. You know, and it's like really fucking powerful. Yeah, I think that's super smart. They they actually do something similar to that on um, BDO Mobile. There's like a capture. There's a tower that you can capture that gives you a buff, and there's neutral watches that are like out in the field that you can use to, to nuke enemy bases. So there's, there's different objectives besides the fort that you yeah, that would actually when be you're good. doing node wars. On mobile. I, yeah, I make it so that taking the fort normally is just absolutely ridiculously difficult. And then just have the objectives as the means to actually, I don't understand good. like as many times as they've changed the node wars, they have literally never given us like a side objective for node wars. It's never happened. Yeah. Never. 
not once. And well, I don't, I'm very confused as to why. Our side objective is to recruit wizards and witches. <laughs> <laughs> recruit time. as many as possible before. Like, no honestly, like, I know we all enjoy like Node Wars. I enjoy Node Wars as well. But when you really think about it, Node Wars actually is like extremely simple and kind of boring. Like, there's not, you don't really do anything. I, I disagree no- on the boring part, but it is, it is simple. Fight, fighting is. It, it could be a lot better. Yeah. yeah it could it's be- only fun because the combat is fun, not because the Node War itself is fun. Yeah, that but is my it's point. like, yeah. I mean, you're, well, the group PvP is fun. Like, working together with groups is a, is a lot of fun. But, I, I mean, I would be down for new stuff, dude, for sure. Well, I, I think Node War is fun. There's, I, there's- there's nothing that Node Wars gives you that you can't just set up with another guild in open field. You, like you definitely can't cannon or go take care of cannons or flags and stuff in open field. Like that, <laughs> yeah, I don't. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll uh, a cannon out. There. I would be cool. Actually, I have yeah. seen cannons open world. I'm not gonna lie, but yeah, that's what I'm, I'm not... definitely. Dude, I've seen cannons in RBF. You're trying to tell dude. me cannons aren't like? But what? it's generally not organized or defended properly. No, but yeah, it, more objectives would be awesome. I I agree. I think um, I know. I, I like the. I've always liked the idea of like. Maybe you can't even hit the fort. Like, it doesn't even need to be the ogre thing, because the ogre thing still is, like, if the terrain is fucked, how are you supposed to use the ogre, right? Like, some bases, like, think catfish camp, your ogre, like, just dies trying to go through the water. <laughs> or, like, whatever, that Kai Lake. Um, but just something that makes it so, like, the forts are not even hittable right at the start. You have to go first, like, break towers to, like, unlock the barrier to get inside someone's fort or something. Like, would be kind of cool. Like, any side objectives would be really fun. I don't know. It's like one of those things too that's would be super hard to balance. Like I'm trying to think of ways like, all right, how would this not just make the top five guilds stronger? <laughs> you nerf witch and wizard alongside it. That's how. Yeah, that, that would be helpful. But top five guilds still would be able to recruit the best players. Like now all those players that had to reroll off the class that they actually love <laughs> would still be in those guilds probably. Moreland, how do how do you how would you nerf PA? Uh, I don't know. Remove it from the game. Really? You just want it removed? You just want it gone? Would you Would you I, I ever think, consider moving it over to Shy instead? Because I think that would be a good option. Potential. Yeah, moving it moving it to Shy would be would be fine. I'd be okay with that. Like if it was actually on a support class. And I just it's weird that Wizard and Witch even have that ability to begin with. It's like why why are they why do they have support abilities when support abilities are barely even a thing that exists in this game? It's it almost seemed like some kind of like RP decision, you know, like they they added it in because oh, wizards and witches have shield spells, um, but no other class has that thematically. So now we have this massive imbalance in large scale PvP. Like I, I don't really see the logic behind making wizard and witch a support class. Um, you know, every class in this game except for shy is a DPS class. So why just randomly give one of them a super broken overpowered support ability on top of that? Yeah. I think or it was like shy. maybe maybe make it so that Witch Wizard's PA only affects magic damage and then you have something for like oh. physical damage, you know, split that shit Look, up. Look here, I, I think like moving it to Shy would be good. If you just did this, you take PA off Wiz Witch, move it to Shy, remove the bubble, and make the PA that Shy gets a five minute cooldown so it's not just like every single push. Cause I mean re- Realistically, like the all these guilds, just part of the issue as well. the, that yeah, bubble is just weaponized desync. All these guilds would just switch all their whiz witch for a bunch of shy, right? 
Like you'd have a bunch of yeah. shy. Like maybe not as many because you still need damage output, but it would yeah. So remove the bubble, give them that, and then the PA or whatever skill they'd be lacking, you just make it like a self buff that's like twenty percent damage reduction for ten seconds just for Wizwitch to have or something as like a oh uh, shit. That's called mana shield. They already have it. Well. Or even even if they made it like a um a damage absorption instead of a like a ten second damage reduction. So if if PA just absorbed ten thousand damage or something like that, that would be fine. And then maybe you made the duration a little bit shorter. If someone yeah. was gonna like you know drop a PA on a push to to guard their allies, okay, I get that. But just like a ten second near invincibility buff is is stupid. At least if it was an absorption thing, then if I'm if I'm attacking the enemy ball, I feel like I'm doing something. I'm at least you know breaking that shield. Right now when PA is up, it's like oh okay well i guess i'm running away this is fun yeah like yeah. What, if, what if it actually like there's not a single shield in this game what if it actually was just a shield like I don't yeah know. like a shield ability yeah yes, i think, I think literally just a shield. yeah that's yeah. what i thought it was when i first played because uh the game i played before this was um blade and soul and the force master was also kind of like the caster or the mage or whatever, had like a barrier that like everyone inside this barrier, that's where I like stole that idea. Everyone inside this barrier had like reduced damage or like the barrier had a hit point thing or whatever that you could just break. But um, yeah, I know it, it is kind of weird, especially the animation of PA2 looks like it's a barrier, <laughs> but it's not. Dude, it's also the number. I don't understand why it's a thousand. Like what the fuck? It's just so weird. I just, uh, yeah, it sucks. I just think PA was a thing that they came up with before they really knew, like how important it would be in large scale. But yep. like at this point, it, there's no excuse for them having, like having not have changed it yet. Well, it like, wasn't that bad was in the pre-awakened days, you know? Like the the whole large scale meta was so different in the pre-awakened era. You didn't have huge balls of people AOEing each other. People had way less super armor. They had yeah. way less AOE. So there was a lot more so skirmishing. Fights were spread out. Um, so PA didn't, you know, you didn't just clump up and have this invincibility buff. That the meta didn't work like that. And once Awakening came out, yeah, it's just like. As, as, as people started to clump up more and more, PA just got out of control, and I, I don't think they've ever really gone back and figured that out. Here's here's to hoping. Some some here's that uh, here's something that the chat mentioned. They they were wondering why they don't they don't understand why KR hasn't complained about PA, but KR players have complained about PA. They they don't like it either. Yeah, it got nerfed because everyone was complaining about it. The the time it just wasn't enough. It, that's the no. one thing that sucks about a nerf when it's like whether it's not enough or it's too much is like with this game they just like the problem never, is the devs the devs feel that they need it in the game. That's they never the revisit problem. it after a change. Like that's the thing. I don't know. Like I, I mentioned this the other day, but Blizzard had this uh, this patch note that came out for StarCraft two. That was like literally in the patch note. It said a year and a half ago or two years ago, um, we increased the queen range because we felt like early game defense was very difficult and blah, 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 blah. But now like the meta has changed and play styles have changed and there's been new units out of the game. We feel like this change doesn't isn't really applicable anymore. So we're going to revert it. Can you imagine a patch note like that? Like they never revert any yeah. changes, like even if like the meta or it just like it doesn't work that way anymore, so it's not really a useful change. 
I don't think they, um, I mean, th this is kind of one of the core issues with BDO's development and balancing in general. I don't think that they follow any kind of logic. Like, and that, that sounds toxic, but I think that they, they honestly, they, they develop this game and they balance this game emotionally. They, they do what feels appropriate to them. I don't think that they really look closely at um you know the numbers behind it or like how the meta is shifting or player behavior i don't really think that they're like using analytics to balance the game i think that to them it's like oh well um you know this class has a lot of movement abilities so their damage should be high like it's it's very kind of theoretical and and whimsical i don't think it's very um precise or anything like that Oh, like global lab changes that, you know, they realized are not very good. Yeah, like I think the global lab changes that they did recently are a perfect example of that, right? The explanation they gave is like, oh, well, certain classes have more movement, so they should have more damage. And then the changes are like, oh, warriors nerfed and Sork is buffed. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, Sork really has trouble moving around. They're just such an immobile class. Boy, they get caught all the time, don't they? They really need more damage. In a foot race on a straight path, it's very difficult. Yeah, for I guess to win. that's okay. true. If we're talking about <laughs> they must be looking racing at from Heidel to Calfion. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's why their E buff gives them 20%. Or their Z buff, the old one, gives them 20% movement speed. To, so they can make up Is it that. really? It actually does. Or 25%. So funny. That's uh, interesting. I didn't know Nothing that. will ever be worse than the, the Tamer weight buff. Oh, God. The Tamer one? Yeah, the they got LT. The, Dude, the passive. I still love that buff when I'm <laughs> gathering trees. <laughs> 25. It's like I'm honestly 50 LT more, and 25 HP. <laughs> I'm honestly more insulted that the Tamer gets that instead of like the Zerker, for instance. Like That that would make sense on a Zerker. They, they're big boys, you know? They can carry more shit. How does it make sense to put that on a goddamn lolly? I don't understand. Yeah, Because they got a pack mule, dude. They and, literally have a pack mule. And then the shy gets more uh, weight by default, too. It's like all the small classes are just stronger. Yeah, they're just like beefy as fuck, dude. <laughs> yeah. All right. Is there anything else you guys want to ask about uh, of Moreland before we go to the guest questions? They have quite a I few. I think we've right been there. rambling on for long enough. Been rambling long enough. Um, anything you want to discuss before we get into guest questions, Moreland? The, the 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 community has questions. They want answers from you, Moreland. Yeah, sure. Tough. I'm down to answer questions. Tough, tough questions. I just, right. I guess, I just want to make one more comment on the siege scene. Mm -hmm. um, I think that I don't know. This might just sound cheesy, but I honestly think that toxicity is a big part of the problem as well. Um, I I don't like. It's fine that people are trash talking and everything, but I I feel like right now in the siege scene. Um, especially right now people like literally want other guilds to quit the game and i don't really understand that mentality uh like you should have rivalries you know you should talk shit wh whatever um you know enjoy your victories but people seem to like actually be like people are mass reporting streamers from other guilds whenever they say something on twitch like or you know they're reporting people in game and like actually trying to get each other banned over shit um and you know part of that has to do with like the exploit and the mapping and, and all that that happened but it just feels like for whatever reason people are i don't know people, people just seem more like pissed off than normal um in this game and I feel like that's another reason why the siege scene is dying because the new players see all that and they're just like, okay, well, that doesn't look very fun. I'm just going to stick with, you know, my 
whatever guild I'm in now. Um, so I'm, I'm not sure if there's anything we can really do about that other than get some of these guilds to become a little bit more self-aware, but I, I don't know how to do that. Right. Yeah, it's just... I think no, that unfortunately wrong. comes down to a player base thing, like those individual players that get people to jump on their bandwagon and support that kind of toxicity. Well, a lot of the strong guilds happen to be filled with a lot of people that are dicks. But it happens. I don't know. It's uh, Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of weird. I, you're right. It's like, it's like the community is trying to eat itself from the inside out until the game is dead. It's also the only game I've ever played where the active player base hates the game and wants to see it die <laughs> yeah it's it's really it's really weird what like do you guys remember it being that way back in the day like I, even the big rivalries we had between um you know like barcode and man up or whatever back in the day like it was always in game you know like out of game you could people were still they didn't want each other to quit like even even if you were talking major shit in game, um, people weren't like bringing real life insults into it, and they weren't like trying to get each other banned. Yeah, yeah. no, it definitely wasn't like that. I was an oasis for the majority of my beginning portion of my uh, video, but um, I mean, I don't remember it being like that. I mean, there was a lot of rivalries, like guild rivalries and whatnot, and especially in large scale, and turn into open world fights sometimes and whatnot, but. That was basically where it would end. I don't remember too much, like anything beyond that. Like even with all the shit, like you said before, where um, guild or uh, open world bosses were being basically like Zarka was being uh, pinned down by specific guilds, and no one could enter because it would just get AOE down, and you would have to right. actually get multiple guilds to cooperate in order to take them out. Like even then, there was hate for that guild, but there wasn't anyone like wishing they would disband or. Well, except yeah. for now. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would think like right now with the siege scene having the lowest participation it's ever had, that people would be happy when new guilds came about and like they this would be the More worst time to try to get people to yeah. quit. Yeah, but I feel like we not only have the lowest participation ever, but we also have the highest number of people who are just like out of game toxic and actually trying to reduce the player base and i don't know maybe maybe those two things go hand in hand you know maybe that's part of the reason why participation is so low to begin with i think it's all uh paid for shills for uh arcade unchained dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh i have i have two questions Morlin, for you sure both kind of i want to i want to gauge your your reaction to some events that have happened recently uh, first of all, the Heidel Ball. Just kind of generally, what, what were your thoughts watching the Heidel Ball? Uh, disappointed for the most part. Um, I mean, new class is cool. New region is cool. I think we kind of expected all that. I really wanted them to do something imaginative. Uh, the game is, you know, like what what they say, six years until since it released in Korea. Um, I I wanted the Heidel Ball to announce something that was like genuinely unique for the game that they were working on, and there there was nothing like that. It was kind of just more of the same. And even the new class uh, just doesn't really look that interesting. I mean, they could have, I don't know, man, make like an otter class or something. You know, like go outside the box, like <laughs> hey, make a, the papu. 
Yeah, make a make a dwarf or make like another support class or make a necromancer. Like we don't need another slashy ninja, you know, dance around class. Um, I agree with the necro. I just feel like they're kind of stuck doing the same stuff over and over again. And I'm I'm worried that um the new snow region is just gonna have, you know, three new grind spots and maybe a world boss. And like I I want them to do things that are fundamentally creative and take some risks. And I d I didn't see any of that in the Heidel Ball. So I thought it was I thought it was kind of disappointing. How about uh, a narrow class that has a curse that Hold removes on. PA? I'm, there, that's their unique way of setting oh, up. Oh, yeah, like I'm a debuff blocker. With you on the sentiment, Moreland, but you better take it back talking about my sand mage, dude. That class is going to be the best. <laughs> I think yeah, it's, uh, I, I I think think it's it'll misleading. be all right. I think it's misleading because of the swords. I, I don't think it's going to be a melee like slashy slash class. I think it actually is just. I want to see more of it. I here's I'm I'm terrified that it is going to be just another fucking ninja, and if it is, I'm actually going to be kind of upset because it's just so boring and unoriginal at this point. But I mean, we have only seen one skill and the weapons. I, I feel like it might be too early to call it that. I just think like stylistically or or the like in terms of the aesthetics or the feel of the class. Like, yeah, we haven't seen that much, but. Um, I think that they could do something a bit more unique. I mean, maybe he will have some some crazy interesting skills. That whole tornado skill just looked like another. It looked like a reskin God Incinerator to me. It's just a big super armor AOE that's probably got a fifty percent slow on it because it's a tornado. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, that's what my my fear is that too is that instead of doing some cool new stuff or like just making the skills cool, it's going to be slow debuffs. And like that represents dude, the win, what if, dude. What if what if with the sand mage they introduce a new type of CC called lift, where the tornadoes will actually lift your character in the air and he stays there for like two seconds. Ooh, like a, a Valk uh, vacuum, they, but way but they, more they annoying. Can't, they can't like it's like oh, way more annoying. <laughs> it's like the MOBA mechanic where like they're right. up in the air but they can't be targeted. They can't take damage. Oh, that'd be kind of interesting. And it yeah. doesn't it, like, apply to the CC limit? Hell yeah. I'm in it, that. like, removes them oh, from God. combat, essentially. Dude, what if it... What if it... I, I mean, spam that on their, their top-geared player. Dude, there's a lot of cool stuff not you can do with that. that. That would be kind of neat, though. Have it, like, you cast it on them, and it makes them change servers, and they have to wait for cooldown to come back. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, just toxic. Okay, so... Uh, <laughs> Question number two, Moralyn. I know we're kind of past all this drama now, but I am curious because I, I haven't heard your thoughts on it. What What's your kind of take on the mapping stuff that happened recently? Do you think that the, the bans were justified? Do you think the silver taken out was enough? Kind of what are your general thoughts on that? Uh, no, I thought the whole thing was a catastrophe. I think they handled it wrong at every possible level. Um, so I don't think anyone should have gotten banned. I think that the silver that people lost should have been higher um they, it shouldn't have been just like a one-to-one -one in terms of i exploited for 300 mil and so i lost 300 mil or whatever um like I, I think that they should have been punished double or triple the silver but i don't think anyone should have gotten perma banned perma banning someone over something like that just seems ridiculous to me um I Especially mean, when it was their fault for even allowing that as a potential. Well, and not only that, man, but we were pressing the GMs on, well, not we, but like people were pressing the GMs on the mapping thing a week beforehand and they couldn't to get respond. They couldn't say, yeah, they couldn't say like, just don't do this. Um, 
And then it wasn't until after people streamed it and the outrage blew up that suddenly the GMs had this quick response and oh yeah, like people are gonna get perma banned because this is such a big fucking deal. You know how much exploiting goes on in this game, like every day that people are totally okay with. I, I feel like this the, the mapping thing. Um, it, certain guilds have rivals, right? And so they want this to blow up it, again. It goes back to like wanting your enemies to literally get banned from the game so that you don't have anyone to fight against. I feel like that was a really big part in how this whole mapping thing turned out. Like it was kind of a witch hunt at the end. I'm not saying people should have gotten away with it, but historically we have gotten away with all kinds of shit in this game for years. And so for them to suddenly decide like now we're going to perma ban people for using an event, it wasn't even like they didn't even use a bug in the game, right? I mean, they literally just used an event and made new characters. It'd be one thing if they were hacking or if there was a glitch that they were exploiting, but the you know the exploit was making new accounts. Like, okay, I mean, we've done that in the past for referral events, and like, I, I feel like there was enough of a gray area where they should have. If if it was, here's what it boils down to: they made a post where they said that this was clearly not in the spirit of the game, right? Well, if it was clearly not in the spirit of the game, then why didn't you say that 10 days before when people asked you if it was okay or not? The fact that Cacao had to go and talk to Pearl Abyss and get an answer from them literally means that it was not clearly against the spirit of the game because if it was clear, then it would have just been clear. So which is it? Was it clear or was it unclear? Um, and, you know, I just... A lot of the people that got panned were the legit players who worked really hard for their gear they weren't cheaters they weren't trying to you know like they, they thought that they were legitimately um using clever game mechanics and um does that mean they should have gotten away with it again no but i don't i don't think they should have gotten perma banned either follow up to the like the punishment thing what are your thoughts on uh piloting like so they they mentioned recently on April 22nd post that they're looking into it and that they have to be a hundred percent sure. And that it's a manual thing versus like automated. So it takes a lot of time. Um, so eventually punishments are going to come, come, but what, what, what do you think they should be if they do come? I guess is my question. That's the kind of thing people should get permanent banned for. Like when, when I think of cheating in this game, that's what I think of. I think of things like piloting, things like, you know, RMTing, pin distortions on the markets, you know, PayPaling someone to list items. That's the kind of shit that people should actually get banned for. Um, you know, when, when it comes to piloting, people were talking about how much damage um, the, the map thing did to the economy. And like there were, there were a couple items that it screwed up, you know, like Hooms or whatever. But for the most part, it really didn't do that much to the market. That was all overblown. Something like piloting, though, uh, that definitely has an impact on the market, especially when a lot of these companies that are involved in piloting are involved in a bunch of other shady shit, too. You know, they're involved in duping. Uh, they're involved in speed hacking. It's it's all kind of the same people who sell these services. And, um, you know, it's the same people who got gifting removed from the game because they were stealing people's credit cards and using that to buy pearls and then gift it in-game. So you have these websites that are offering these services like, oh, you know, buy pearls for a third of the price. And the reason they're doing that is because they're using fraudulent credit card transactions. And that's why BDO hasn't had a gifting system for the last couple of years. Um, you know, it's, it's all the same people who are doing this, that they're not people who have good intentions for the game. And if you're buying services from one of those companies, you should get banned. First offense. See ya.
Um, All right. Well, there goes our comment section. Uh, <laughs> it just exploded into more mapping and piloting arguments. So this is going to be a fun thing to come back to next weekend. <laughs> yeah. I, I do actually want to follow up on something you said, Moreland. Um And this is not to go one way or another. It's just like bringing out the thought. You mentioned how, you know, with the mapping exploits, the exposed and whatnot was kind of going along the, the lines of the same concept you were mentioning. You just want to see guilds die. Is it fair to say, though, that because these guilds as a whole were participating, that that was why it was kind of being looked at in that way, in that fashion? I mean, yeah, there there's definitely been multiple people have mentioned that, you know, Snake had a, an agenda or whatnot to kind of, you know, expose it in this fashion and whatnot, but... Um, and because of all their streamers and whatnot, they could do that. But is it also fair to say that, well, as a whole, these guilds were participating in it, um, whereas other exploits are a little bit harder to like expose because usually it's done on an individual level rather well, than a I, large I group. Think, so I think the fact you had the entire guilds participating in it is sort of proof of what I was saying earlier, that a lot of these guys legitimately didn't think that they were breaking the rules um you know people went after mappers as if they were like cynically going out and haha we know we're cheating but we're going to get away with it that wasn't their mindset their mindset was we're not cheating we're just using the events and we leveled up these characters legitimately none of us hacked none of us cheated like they they thought that they weren't cheating um and again i'm not saying that that dismisses it or that that justifies it but if you log in on a saturday night after siege and your guild says hey we've got these 200 chests come get free loot um you're not necessarily going to like go through and nitpick and and figure out like especially if some people in the guild are saying oh we already submitted a ticket and cacao said it was okay um, cause there was a lot of that going around too. So, you know, should the entire guilds get in trouble? Like, I think people should have been a little bit suspicious when there was that many chests, at, but at the same time, I don't know, man, like events in this game are weird. They do crazy shit that yeah. ruins the economy. So I, I see how someone who wasn't paying super close attention could get sucked into that with the rest of their guild. I don't yeah. think it was like this organized in, you know, malicious crime that they all set out to commit together. And I, I agree, like, definitely on a much larger scale, I think majority of the players probably were just participating because it was a guild-oriented event. But those and, ones were you know, not the, the audio. Were... The audio thing was definitely what kind of, like, set the community yeah. off. That's the other yeah, thing, too. Probably... So there's people bra Someone mentioned in chat, like, there there were people, like, literally... I, I mean, I hate to get back into the map conversation because it's actually so old now. <laughs> but, like, people that are yeah, like, this yeah. is worth, like, I'll, I'll take a 30-day ban or a 7-day ban because this is so much money. And then I just won't... I'll play other games while I still made the same amount of money I would have made. You know what I mean? There's a lot of people like that. Yeah. Yeah. There, yeah. Yeah, that's that's not good. I agree with that. If if that's the kind of, I mean, I think it's natural for some people after the fact to kind of try to save face, right? And like, oh well, I don't care if I get banned anyways. You know, like try to act cool about it. Um, but yeah, I, I agree that that's not a healthy sentiment. If people are just openly saying like, "Fuck it, yeah, I'll take a ban to get some gains," if if that's literally how they feel, then that sort of behavior should be policed in these guilds. Like, they shouldn't be allowing that kind of sentiment. Yeah. So, like, there definitely was both people. Like, I, I know people who took part in the maps 
like before it really like blew up and then when it blew up they were like trashing like the shit that they got using the money because they were like fuck dude i don't want to get like fucking banned for this shit you know and they were like they were really concerned and they were like I, you know i may have done something wrong and i don't get fucking banned for it but then there also definitely were those people that were the you know haha like we're gonna get away with it and it's gonna be so much money yada yada so eh. Both both sides, you know, did exist. But yeah, my, my biggest issue is that they didn't also ban Maywas that just run in Stub Arrow the whole time. <laughs> I don't know how that's the not biggest an exploiters exploit. of all, huh? Dude, motherfuckers! You know the worst ones too, Nashley, that I keep running into that they only use Red Moon and nothing else. They just chase, chase, Red Moon. They don't even like shoot arrows. Like pretty rare to get the arrow. They just wait for Red Moon and then they run away again. There's there's a fair amount of those, unfortunately. Wait, okay. but last last thing about the mapping though, can we all agree that people who invited new players to their guild just to get the map and then would kick them from the guild should actually all get permabanned? Yeah, the, the <laughs> one thing that, that, that is the worst thing. I know. We were joking about it the other day on stream. It's like, dude, do you remember when the whole community rallied together to bring in new players? They just invited <laughs> them. They invited them to all these strong guilds and did maps without them after like, they were kicked. <laughs> you gotta like you gotta imagine that actually did happen. Like you know it happened for a fact that yeah. somebody would invite this new player to the guild and then they'd put their map in the guild storage, they'd say, Alright, thanks, and then just yeet them out of the guild, you know? Like, that's fucked, man. Okay. On to the guest question. So some of these are a little bit repetitive. So if you already have answered this earlier on in the podcast, Moreland, feel free to uh, just keep it short. So Tim Allen's first one is, uh, since Moreland has basically always been involved in Siege, I'd like to know his thoughts on the current state of Siege. So you already did address that, but if you want to just give a brief answer to that. Yeah, I mean, I guess... To summarize what I said earlier, two problems. Um, there's end game mechanics that need to be fixed. Um, you know, the, the Merc system needs to be toned down. Guilds need to have reasons to actually build up and participate in Siege. And then the second thing is like, just as players, um, I think the community needs to do a better job of making Siege fun and not trying to get each other to quit and, um, you know, allowing new guilds to build up and that sort of thing. Um, and then Orakami asks, what's your opinion on the bounty system? So as a, as a reminder, the bounty system they announced at Heidel Ball, they didn't give a whole lot of details, but the premise was instead of a karma, the current karma system, if you are a player grinding in a grind spot and someone comes up and kills you, then you can pay silver or some currency, who knows, whatever they choose, to put a bounty on that person and then other people can come kill him for honor points your thoughts on that system if it were to um, come so i think that system's going to fail um in one of two ways either the honor points are going to be too good and people will just use that as a way to transfer wealth um every time so even if even if like gold sellers don't use it like literally if you put a bounty on someone they're just going to be like hey uh come kill me and get my bounty right like they're just going to have one of their friends kill them or something it's it's very hard to get a bounty system like that to actually work if the rewards are high. And the other way that it could fail is that the honor points aren't worth anything and people don't care. And then, you know, 
why bother with the bounty in the first place? So I don't really know of a way for them to get that to work. Um, the only time I've ever seen a bounty system work well was in like the early Ultima online days. Um, and the reason why the bounty system worked back then is because if you had a character with a big bounty, when he died, he took like severe penalties, um, when he when he rezzed so you couldn't just feed your bounty to a guildie because it would destroy your character um so if there's no downsides and you know this this game doesn't really have any penalties for dying in pvp so if, if there's no downsides like having a bounty on your head and losing that bounty then people are just gonna either abuse it or ignore it depending on what the rewards are um so i, I don't know maybe if we get more detail they'll come up with a way around that but I, I doubt it. Okay. Uh, Umenidice uh, asked, he has a few, so uh, if any of these are repetitive, I'll just skip over it. But um, now that Succession has been out for a while, can you talk about Suck Warrior State in 1v1, uh, small scale and large scale? Uh, it's great in small scale. It's pretty similar i would say overall to awaken warrior in terms of like what you can do with it in terms of movement and catching people and everything else um it's easier to play for sure it's way easier to play than awakening um it's easier in terms of animation cancels it's easier in terms of your fps requirements um it's it's a much simpler version of warrior to learn it's it's kind of similar to the old pre-awaken warrior which you know i like that's that's nostalgic for me i like that play style but I think it's really good in 1v1 in, in most matchups and in small scale in general. I have a lot of fun playing Warrior on flex. So like when we're out skirmishing over flags or something in a node war, Warrior feels like it does really well. Um, and large scale, pretty bad. I don't feel like I can get anything done inside of a castle. You don't really have a ton of range. You know, you can't spam the spear anymore or anything like that. Um, and you don't have a lot of actual protected movement. You can kind of iframe a little bit through people, but all your dashes and stuff in succession are you're just going to get knocked down in large scale. So as far as like pushing into a castle, you know, you don't have a teleports or anything like that. And um, I, I feel pretty weak actually pushing a castle. If it's a large scale fight and it's out in the open fields, you can do okay as long as you sort of stick to the outskirts. But um, if I don't have a PA, I feel I feel kind of useless. Like being next to the ball um because it's just hard to position yourself to do damage properly you have some super armor abilities but they have long animations so like if you try to run in and do a big ground smash um you just stand still for a long time and you can't really get out once you're once you're in so i think it's one of the weaker classes in large scale but i'm i'm really happy with it in small scale which which matchup specifically for you is like your worst Sork. Yeah, I just, I don't, dude, I don't know how to fight Sorks. I'm, I'm watching this guy iframe 20 times in a row. People are telling me that he's going to run into stamina. He never runs out of stamina. I, <laughs> I don't understand. I, I, th I was thinking of rolling a Sork for seasons just so I could practice with one and like figure out where their weaknesses are because I just cannot figure out how to beat that class, man. Like, so, I, I pretty much just spam super armors and then hope that I can out trade. And then whenever that's like, whenever my skills are on cooldown, I literally just run away and wait and then come back. Yeah. So the, <laughs> the way to counter Sork is whenever you see one, you press the uh, escape button. So you get to your escape menu and then there's an escape <laughs> button that you press and then you don't have to deal with them anymore. 
Yeah, I I don't know. Like every the, once in a while, I'll see them doing like a Dream of Doom or something, and I'm like, oh, that's that animation is longer than half a second. I can grab him. But good sorks, they just dance around me, man. They never like they know what their openings are. They know not to do that next to a warrior, or they're gonna get grabbed. And so they, there's just never any openings. <laughs> I'm uh, probably doing it wrong, but yeah, I it's, I feel like that's the only class that I like really feel um, like I have a huge the, disadvantage. The, the the best the best option is always the V exploit mechanic. You know, they just get up right away and CC him before they have a chance to react. <laughs> yeah, it's right. Definitely the best. One hundred percent guaranteed to work. What about your best matchup? What class do you run into where you're like, oh god, this is gonna be easy? Guardian. I love killing guardians. Damn, dude. Because they all do the same exact thing. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just fighting. Maybe guardians are just bad because you know the class is so easy to pick up, but. Um, they, they all do the same exact thing. I dash at them, they iframe, and then I grab them once their iframe is over. It's so easy to kill them. Yeah. I wish I could say the same. All right. Um, I don't know how you guys fight Guardians without a grab. That sounds miserable. But basically, them, like, I gotta hope I to... have more gear than them and out SA trade. I can with Succession Mewa, but it's definitely difficult. Oh, that is yeah. Out trading them is sounds pretty tough, but um, <laughs> I mean, it, it is. It's it's just a whole bunch of well, obviously dodging theirs while dealing yours. But. For classes that aren't suck Mewa, it's pretty hard. Yeah, suck Mewa just red moons and decaps, and basically they just insta die. There's nothing. No, suck Mewa actually has a better time. Awaken Mewa is like impossible. You cannot win the matchup. Luckily, you just can't. yeah, Sakmeo has blooming that just 100 to 0 is your health, even if you're blocking. Yeah, I just wait for them to shift Q and hope <laughs> to God I have more AP and DP than them. Dude, um, I, okay, sorry, tangent. RBF, like, two days ago, I don't know what the hell this dude's gear was, but it was some Musa who, I, I, I am not exaggerating when I say he one-shot me with a blooming. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, like, literally a 100 you to try? in one blooming. Yeah, it's, don't ask that because his trial has more DP than his main. Yeah, actually, I was gonna, I was gonna correct that. Wait, you must have been on your main. <laughs> yeah, I, I was. <laughs> um, Umenadi also asks, "How was your experience in Xbox?" Which you already answered before, but he uh, follows up with, "Are you going to test the new class on console?" Because they did announce that the new class will be playable first on consoles. I think they said testable, so I'm not really sure what they mean by that. Does console have access to? global lab of any kind no there's no, no test server or anything like that so yeah. I'm, I'm not really sure what that means um but i don't have any plans of going back to console um i mean e even if the new class is cool or whatever I, I i can just wait for it to come to pc the game runs a lot better on pc i've way i'm way more established on pc you know my gear is somewhat relevant if i went back to console i'd be way far behind and i'd be playing a version of the game that frankly just doesn't work as well um so yeah, I, I don't have any plans of returning um yeah here's the hope. i know a lot of console players are hoping that the game gets ported to uh gen 5 consoles just for that reason alone the performance that would make a big difference yeah, yeah. Uh, that plus like isn't there not an opti mode still would it, it doesn't matter like in, <laughs> in in console and in really like truly large scale fights like a siege where it's 100 v 100 um it's a slideshow man like you, even on a next gen console i don't think it's gonna completely solve the problem uh, there's you're continuously 
either not seeing animations and people are loading on you like 10 seconds after you're there, like you're, you're dying to invisible players or they are loading and your game's freezing for five seconds at a time and you can't even react to what's going on. Um, and from what I hear, the servers have actually gotten worse since the merge with PS4. So um, that's not good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, go ahead. I'm seeing uh, I'm seeing something in Nayashi's chat. They did announce when the class is going to come out. It was late July. Was so it July was Succession and Awakening in August? Yeah. Yeah, but they did say it'll be playable first on console. Um, not sure what they meant because again, it was a translation. So, we don't have specific dates. Like we don't have like the day it's going to come out, but we do know roughly when it's going to come out. Um, so he he asked about uh, the Heidel Ball. The only thing on here that that would be new is uh, what what was your favorite thing about the Heidel Ball announcements? Um, I'd have to I'd have to think about it. He's like God is also terrible. <laughs> <laughs> he liked the free shit we were getting. <laughs> It'd be better. It would be better. What did you hate? What did you hate less? <laughs> yeah, what did you hate the least? Let me frame it that way. Where is, does anyone have a link to like the the list of things that if I if I look at a list of things they had, I could. I can already tell you what it is, Marlin. It's the the it's the Papu and Otter PvP. <laughs> have you guys seen the uh, preview of that? Oh, yes. God, yeah. <laughs> okay. That'll be, <laughs> that'll be fun to do once. Yeah, and then what about uh? I meant to bring this up earlier, but I just kind of forgot because we were talking about other things. What about uh, Thorn Tree Castle? You don't think that's going to be dope? No, yeah, yeah, you're right. Thorn Tree Castle definitely could be really good. I mean, <laughs> I'm like, all my expectations are pretty tapered when it comes to stuff like that. It's one of those things that could be really good or it could flop like the team battle thing that they added. Um, but yeah, this game would benefit hugely from new PvP modes. I mean, I've been saying for years, even if they just did something as simple as like copying a Wrathy Basin from WoW and putting that in BDO alongside RBF, that would be so much fun, man. Like we would do that shit all day long, a little small small scale skirmishes over capture points, and like that'd be that's the kind of thing that um, would actually. I, I think we'll I just do that the, uh, for hours. And so maybe Thorn Tree Castle, like depending on how they implement it, um, it could be good. It sounds like it's mostly going to be fighting bosses and then like a little bit of PvP. So I'm not really sure what that means. I don't know if you're like racing the other team to kill the boss first or if you're actually going to get to kill each other. But I'm glad that they're at least trying something different and unique. Yeah. Oh, you guys had the exact same list. Yeah, so you guys posted the same. Yeah, you can look at that if you want in uh, in the chat, Moreland. But someone uh, was asking, and I I don't know this either. Can you describe the basin thing in WoW for those who have never played? It's just a capture oh. game mode. Yeah, it's it's like it's like domination if you've ever played that in any FPS games. Okay. There, so there's five in the case of WoW. There's five different capture points that are spread out throughout the map, and they have you know slightly different terrain in each one. And the more points, the more of those you hold, the more points you accumulate, and the first team to accumulate a certain number of points wins. So you don't actually get points for kills; you only get points for those objectives. So obviously, you have to kill people in order to secure them. But um, it's it's a fifteen versus fifteen over five capture points. So you have people constantly rotating and spreading out, and you know there's a strategy. 
strategy to how many people do we send to this point? Do we try to hold three points? Do we try to hold four points? So um, it's just a really cool like dynamic battleground that you see in a lot of PvP games. I, I would be very concerned with bringing that over into our game, though, because I can already see a fucking DP shy just playing the bongos on a point that nobody can fucking kill. <laughs> well, I was going to say, do you think uh, <laughs> prote protected area would ruin this fun new game mode? <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I think I could definitely see shy's ruining it. I don't think protected area would ruin it. I mean, you've got a long enough cooldown. Um, and especially in a 15v15, unless it's all yeah. 15 wizards, I don't think there'd have, be that many PM. You have a lot more fights in like Arathi Basin versus like No Doors, too. So it's not like No Doors where it would be up for every single engagement as well. Yeah. You meant it yeah, You're fighting someone on the way to the capture point, you're fighting someone on the capture point. Like it's, you're having little skirmishes all over the place. He, he also has, uh, do you think? Do you really think developers actually play their own game and then in parentheses hunting clothes? I'm looking at you. Um, I don't play? know the hunting clothes reference, but no, I don't think the devs really do play their own game. I mean, we've we've talked about this quite a bit on my stream. I think that's a big part of why the game is is balanced so. Um, like whimsically is because they're doing all this from a theoretical standpoint. Like I like to use the phrase armchair development. You know, they're, they're literally just like sitting around thinking about what will make the game better instead of actually playing the game. And um, it's really hard to develop a game purely from a theoretical standpoint. You need to actually play it and experience it. Um, you need a combination of the theoretical understanding and the actual hands-on. And I don't think there's a lot of hands-on that's happening with, with our current dev team. Um, all right, here we go. This next question. E even though what's his face said uh, he does play, the the lead developer. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he plays some, but I don't know what parts. He's of the a game he's he a plays. fucking bongo smasher. The, the new Dude, guy. There's there's so <laughs> many parts of this game that have just been completely left behind, and like yeah. some of the stuff they add or balance. Anyone who's played the game for half a second knows that like this is going to be dead content or this is not the change that we need. There's some of the stuff that they do. It's just it's just so obvious. Some of the tool tips that you read are, are so preposterous, clearly written by an intern who's never logged into the game once in his entire life. Um, it's I don't know. I, I, it's a huge company, right? They have like hundreds of developers for this game. So not all of them are going to be diehard BDO fans, but um, uh, yeah, I, I do think a lot of it is just way too theoretical. Oh, Eumenidai says uh, the thing with the hunting clothes is hunting clothes give extra EXP when hunting, except the hunting EXP comes from gathering as loot. <laughs> That's funny. Um, okay, uh, here's a question I, I, I'm kind of curious about too. So we talked about how people hate this game and, and actively try to get people to quit so he says um people love to trash talk about this game many aspects that uh they may be true or right but do you have any unpopular positive opinion about the game um so maybe <laughs> um <laughs> i i think he's that approaching I'm... this cautiously well i think that i'm trying to i'm just trying to think he uh, loves mapping. my did you not hear earlier yeah, I don't think my I don't think my uh, opinion on mapping is that popular. I get called a simp all the time, um, but when it comes to things like the um, the cash shop, I think I'm generally a little bit more optimistic 
than most people. Um, but then, then again, sometimes I'm not. I feel like half of the developers for this game like really care and really want to make the game better. And then the other half are just kind of like collecting a paycheck or their marketing team who are just trying to squeeze as much money out of the game as possible. But um, like there's, there's a lot of things that they'll do in the game that people will like cynically chalk up to, Oh, well they're, they're just doing that so that they'll make more money and um, or that they don't actually care about the game. And part of this is because, I actually got to go to Korea and meet a lot of the devs, but it, it's clear from talking to these guys directly and meeting them that a lot of them like genuinely are passionate about making the game better. And they're, they're not just trying to squeeze money out of their players. That's now, again, right. I forgot you went there. Yeah. Again, that's like, that's the people that I talked to, right? Those are the devs that I met in Korea. That's not the business development team or the marketing team or anything like that. So I think there are a lot of like, um, insidious elements in the company that are that are pushing the company in the wrong way, but um, that's just business in general, though. You know, like, there's always yeah, it's it's side. it's also kind of bad business, though. I think if they had made this game less pay to win and less like cash shoppy to begin with, then it, would it wouldn't have fighting. such a bad reputation. And the, even if they were making less money per player, if they had 10 times more players, then they would make that a lot could more be a good, Yeah, that could be a good business decision too. So yeah. um, I concur. I think that they just don't understand how different the Western population is when it comes to pay to win stuff. Like they're, they, they seem genuinely shocked um, when you bring up things like Cronstone's that's that would be considered pay to win. Like they just, for some reason they can't wrap their head around that. Um, so it's uh how was that communicating with them like uh does it like did you basically feel like you know the information that you were talking with them about was you know being you know heard properly or like uh as far as like them not really misunderstanding what our interests are over in i think some of them get it yeah i think i think some of them actually get it really well the problem is they don't necessarily have the power yeah, to make yeah, the changes the that we're asking for. Yeah. yeah. So there's there's this constant push and pull. Um, it's funny, if you actually go look at the Glassdoor uh, reviews for Pearl Abyss, they kind of say the same thing, that like the leadership is all over the place and decisions are constantly being changed. Um, I think part of it is like that Korean culture is overly polite and so whenever your superior is doing something that's dumb you can't necessarily say like hey boss uh that's pretty dumb we shouldn't do that <laughs> you kind of have to go along with it and like be, be very respectful and so i think that even if you have a lot of devs at the company who have the right ideas actually convincing the leaders to implement those ideas doesn't always work out and that's why you constantly have things in this game that are announced that never actually get added you know the the, the list is kind of growing now there's the climbing and the pottery and the uh, you know certain new regions that got scrapped and the whole territory war like every time this this is one of the reasons why something like the Heidel ball is so um lukewarm it's because half the stuff that they're announcing you know airships or whatever whatever the cool new thing is we're, we're we hear that and we're like okay well that sounds like something that someone higher up at the company said was a cool idea and we'll see if it actually makes it into the game right like we'll see if it actually gets executed or not yeah um his last question is uh, so you've been playing albion or you have played a lot of albion he says with the perspective from albion and your experience in it 
Um, well, one, how do you like Albion? And two, what do you think BDO could do or implement or steal from Albion that would be useful in BDO? Uh, Albion is in a really good state right now. I think their population is the highest that it's been since launch. It might even be higher than it was at launch. Um, the game's a lot of fun if you are into like a full loop PvP sandbox type of game. It's really hard to compare it to BDO. The games have almost nothing in common. Um, I mean, Albion is like a true sandbox, so the, the vast majority of the content is your interactions with other players. You're not necessarily you're not going to play Albion because like the grinding is fun, right? Like you're not. It's not like BDO in that regard. There are some new dungeons that they added this year in Albion that give it kind of like an in-game ratings sort of feel, but it's not like it's not that hard. Um, once you've you know, there's a few bosses, and once you've mastered them, it's it's repetitive like anything else. The thing that makes Albion fun is killing other players and taking their shit, right? Or like conquering territory from other guilds. So it's all like about, yeah, it, it's all about who you're playing with and who you're playing against. If you're playing Albion by yourself, I don't think it's that enjoyable. You know, a lot of BDO, you can just play as a solo player and you can expand your gear and progress your character and Albion. Um, there's it's got progression and the, pro the progression is interesting but you're playing the game for your inter for the interactions with other players so if you can find a good group that's fun to play with then the game has endless content because you just go out every night looking for fights and you win you lose um you know sometimes you find someone who's got like super good gear and you jack it and you go and you sell it and now you're super rich like um so there's yeah I, i'd highly recommend the game i think the only downsides to albion are obviously like the looks a lot of people can't get past the graphics and um just the way that the abilities work in albion is a little simplistic it's kind of like playing a moba except even less complex like you you only have six abilities and it's pretty much like you have a dash ability you have a stun ability you know you can drop a an aoe or a skill shot you know it's, it's like playing a hero from dota um and that's right. it. You know, that's that's your entire kit. You're not doing any like fancy combos or anything. But the skill ceiling in large scale fights is super high. And even even in like mid scale fights is super high. But in 1v1, it's basically a game of rock, paper, scissors. It's like, does your build win or not um, against that other build? But yeah, I, I think Albion, like if you're looking for a game, definitely worth trying. It's it's one of, I would say, the best three MMOs on the market right now. I would say Albion, Last Oasis, and BDO are like by far the best games that are out right now is last oasis out already it's in early access oh, okay. um but i don't know if they're gonna wipe uh so i think everything that you do now is gonna last um okay. so yeah i don't know i don't know how the whole early access thing works nowadays i feel like everything is in early access for like five years <laughs> Forever, i know I hate Jesus. That yeah but what um but yeah that, that game's yeah. that game's super fun frosty what is this meme that you have linked in chat explain uh, yourself i wanted you to see it <laughs> fucking asshole <laughs> Here, let, me, let me pull it up on stream so everyone can see it <laughs> uh, um, he uh, in chat wanted me to say e EOS loses again I guess you your guild is EOS and your your model oh, was, I was in, never I, left I was in that guild for like I was in that go for like two weeks and we quit and backstabbed them and killed them. I actually have a video of me backstabbing EOS on YouTube. So 
It's a common thing with uh, guilds you're in, yeah, you know, you can, I've noticed. Yeah, you can so, yeah, talk as much. <laughs> they deserve the like, dude. That guild was... All these backstabbing stories. Oh, dude, that guild deserved to be backstabbed. They were the most, like, toxic, <laughs> shithead, runescape guild you've ever seen in your life. I heard the N-word more times in five minutes of EOS comms than I have in, like, the other ten years, like, the previous ten years of gaming <laughs> oh combined. Gosh. Like, oh, yeah, man. that was a delicious backstab. Um... Tim Allen asks, how's the podcast going? How terrible is it working with Tim and Joe? So you do a podcast with, with <laughs> Tim Allen and, and Joe, right? How's that and, podcast uh, going? Motion shop, right? It's called, what's oh. it called? Nerds, nerds with words? Nerds and words, yeah. Uh, it's, it's going pretty well. I think that most of the episodes have been good. This last episode was super weird. I don't know. It started off like everyone was in a weird mood or something, but after a while, I think we caught our stride and had some good discussions. I like the cast. Um, every time I announce the podcast, somebody in my chat is bitching about one of the three people that I'm in it with. Like every people hate Joe, people hate potion, people hate Tim. Like everyone has their reasons to hate at least one of those guys. So it's definitely an interesting cast. Um, but I think I kind of think it's more fun that way because we actually have stuff to argue about and different perspectives. We're not all just like echoing each other's opinions. So yeah, um, I, yeah, I think it's fun. I thought it was interesting how it was like three really controversial figures in BDO and then you. Yeah, I guess I'm Orland's the kind of controversial voice of now reason. This mapping <laughs> yeah, he, he's the definitely the backstabbing sense. mapper exploit yeah, uh, sympathizer. <laughs> um, cool. I'm sure they'll invite me on sometime. Awkward Ninja says, what <laughs> of all what of all the announced features at the hideout ball do you think is actually going to make it to the game, even if it is scuffed? And then he also says, uh, who is the cutest CM in your opinion? Who is the cutest uh, CM? I don't know what the CMs look like. Is there like a group picture I can go check out? <laughs> I, can, I, know, I, can, I thought I can, that was an odd question. I can answer it for you. It's good vibes, guy. Hey, he is, yeah. dude. He's not a CM anymore, though. Yeah. In our hearts, he always will be. In our hearts, dude. <laughs> yeah, so I guess um, what from the Heidelberg is actually coming I think we'll out? get the new horse racing thing, even though I, I don't know how scuffed that'll be. Um, I think that we will get the Thorn Castle and the new region. I don't think that the bounty system is ever going to get added to the game. I think that's going to be maybe on Global Lab at some point, and then they'll realize that it's just garbage and probably it'll go the way of climbing. Um, and then the Zodiac sign thing, I think, is also kind of silly. If if that does get added, it'll probably be some very, very minor thing. Um, I hope that it's very minor. If they actually do the thing where like certain Zodiacs have a plus one, to enhancing during a certain time of the day, that's going to make fail stacking even more tedious and ridiculous. So I really hope they don't actually make like certain zodiacs a requirement to enhance during certain times of the day. But um, that would be pretty awful. Yeah, I mean, if they want to add like little RP bonuses um, to certain zodiac signs that don't have a huge impact on the game, I I I guess that would be cool. I think that there's other things they should be focusing on. The what do you fighting. think about the, what do you think about Space Force? Oh yeah, what do you think about Space Force? Their um their uh costume management task force two thousand one. Space Force. Dude, of all the things to make a task force for, I I don't know. <laughs> um, that's that's one of those things where it's like if they actually played the game, um, 
it that felt very Diablo Immortal-ish to me, you know, like announcing oh, the yeah. costume task force kind of like phones? yeah, it that felt like a you guys don't have phones moment to do me. You, like if they actually <laughs> played the game, I think that they would know how silly that was going to sound. Do you how realistic do you think it is? Because they said, we went and double-checked, because it actually does sound outlandish. And, like, Rezler even convinced me. He said it was just one costume per week. But I went and double-checked, and they said that there's going to be one new costume per class per week. <laughs> How realistic do you think that is? I mean, they they have the resources. If they want to hire, you know, 30 new artists, they have the money to do that. So um, they certainly can. I don't think it's the best use of the budget but uh i mean if they make the money back then i guess they can just keep hiring more artists so good for them i hope they get sheriff badges in this task force like the adding, adding costumes is it's independent from the rest of the game's development right like it's it's not like the guy who's doing pvp balance is being taken off that to add to make new costumes it's it's a it's a completely thing. different set of people so if the, yeah if they have the money to hire new artists and get new costumes um that's that's fine i'm, I'm not gonna like celebrate it though like there's way more important shit they should have been announcing yeah you're not excited for like five more versions of uh just died shootout armor to come out over the next two months, dude. Yeah, that that black shootout. I had a I had a really good <laughs> laugh over the black shoot. Yeah, the scam shootout, dude. I would have loved a PvP game mode task force. Yeah, right? Ooh, or just a yeah. PvP task force in general. Yeah, looked at our a mode war task force, huh? Like what happened that to the would whole? Be amazing. What happened to the whole multiple? Like they they said they wanted to do new RBF. Um, areas, I thought, and said they gave us new exits and fencing for RBF. Okay, yeah, I don't know. They, all, they announced Blue Battlefield like a year ago, and I haven't seen any update on that either. So it's it's like big. We'll see. They, but, um, they gave us a. I, like I hope they add new PvP mode. The barricade in red base is fine. What else do you want, Ashy? <laughs> Dude, Dude, in an RBF yesterday, we I, like I actually played one of the RBFs, and it legitimately i'm not exaggerating was probably two to one in terms of the members on the teams and at the end of the rbf we had lost by probably a solid like five thousand points and i said uh well look at it this way guys at least there's barricades in rbf now <laughs> they do help hey they did also make the walls slightly harder to climb on so if a wizard does get up there there's definitely no way to get them down um, dude that is like one thing I have noticed playing like so much RBF lately, because I'm just spamming RBF to try and relearn Archer, basically. Succession Wizard is actually the most cancer thing imaginable for RBF. Like, I know it's just kind of cancer in general, but dude, it is so bad for RBF. It is really just not fun right now with all the Succession Wizards. Yeah. Um, Mirrorless says, something in the seed scene I don't really see discussed so much at least personally is base defense team what do you think makes a good base defense team what are their what should what would their responsibilities be and how were the base defense teams and siege guilds you were in slash fought against if anything in particular stood out um a good defense team is actually really impactful in siege and there's not a lot of guilds that have a good defense team even high-end guilds um sometimes have mediocre defense teams it's one of those roles that's kind of underrated so like you don't have big ego players playing defense you know it's kind of like um 
more understated players. They're not necessarily getting celebrated for doing a good job on defense. So I, I feel like it's kind of undervalued as a role. But um, yeah, I mean, first of all, just like knowing how much support you need on defense is really big. You can you can really fuck up a war if you call the offensive ball back to defend your fort when you don't need to. Um, so a good defensive leader should be able to gauge how much danger their base is actually in. Um, if you overestimate that danger and you call too many people back, then you lose your momentum. If you underestimate that danger and you get completely de-annexed and, you know, you take damage on your fort and you're in your way behind, then, you know, that's, that's also really detrimental. So like a, a really good defensive leader should be able to, um, know like the right amount of support that he needs from the non-defense team i think that makes a huge difference but just being on top of there's there's a lot of little things you have to micromanage on defense in terms of rebuilds putting your barricades in the right way creating little choke points so that you know your supply depot is is not easy to get to making sure that's even simple things like making sure that ammo is in the turrets for some reason um the highest tier <laughs> siege kills in the game can't seem to keep ammo in their flame towers half yeah. the time so it's like little things like that um if you if you know how to pay attention to it if you make sure that all the objectives on like your your flag and your elephant are running like there's there's a lot of things like that to micromanage so yeah it's, it's probably... a pretty in-depth role actually and i think i think people underestimate what a good defense team can can do Here's probably just a bunch of Maywas in there. We can't count and shit. So here's here's my my experience. Like, cause I I've been on some in some guilds with good defense, and then when I was trying to shot call on hex, whenever we had like a bad defense team, I I feel like it would go like this. Our defense would be like, uh, Frosty, they're hitting our base right now. We're getting pushed, and it's like, okay, how bad is it? Do we need to send people back? It's like, mm, no, I think we're okay. And then like we all die on offense and we res back and someone's like, is there, where's our supply depot? It's like, oh, we lost all our annexes on that push. And it's like, what? Yeah. What the fuck? Like, why wouldn't you say that? Like, now we're fucked. Uh, I feel like that's my communication with defense all the time. It's it's the worst. Or now, now in my guild, defense is arguing about like one ninja that's harassing them that it's like someone just fucking grab this guy. And they're like freaking out. Yeah. Well, it's it's hard because offense um, is always bitching at you, right? Like no matter what you do, if you call them back when you shouldn't have, they're like, "Yo, don't don't call us back unless you need us." And so the next time you're more cautious, and and then you lose your annexes, and it's like, "Why didn't you call us?" So you know, it's it's really hard to to find that balance because every guild that you fight is different, right? Like you see 15 white dots. Um, you know, or 20 white dots on the edge of the map. You, how do you know how many, how many annexes you're going to lose or how much damage you're going to take? Like you, you have to really know who you're fighting and you've got to know your own defense team. Like there's, it's difficult to judge how much help you actually need. Um, and when you need to call offense back and, and when not, sometimes it's too late. You know, sometimes by the time you realize you're in danger, supply depots, bye-bye. So it's, it's tough. You have to really have good instincts. Um, Mineria says, uh, jumping on the siege bandwagon, do you have any idea on how to change siege in such a way that all classes become relevant for castle siege slash castle defense? Remove PA would be a good start. Remove castle walls. <laughs> I think I do um, think um even with like I think it's fair to say, right? I mean, let me know if you disagree. But if even if they remove PA, it's still gonna be hard for melee classes to get through the range damage that's like on the walls and stuff. Yeah, I I don't know. Um, 
I don't know what they can do about that other than, I mean, I don't think that they should make every class a range class. I think if anything, they messed up by adding so much range into the game to begin with. You know, part of the reason I think that Ranger Awakening ended up being mostly melee was because the Rangers in the original version of the game were insanely broken in Siege. Um, and so just range damage in general is is so strong in this game. And then they add classes like Archer and they make it even worse and then Succession Ranger. So I don't <laughs> I don't really know how to solve that. Like that the solution would be to not add classes like Archer to the game, but it's kind of we're kind of past that point now. I think that um, it's just it is how it is in terms of castle siege. Some classes are gonna be good in the castle and some classes are gonna be good outside of the castle. I don't know if they're ever gonna really be able to balance that. And you know, it's it's good that some classes have different roles. Um, castles fights are so goddamn laggy anyways that's um you know it's kind of hard to enjoy on any it's class benefit but... the quote-unquote more safe class anyways like yeah classes. yeah um awkward ninja asks uh what sorts of game modes pvp wise would you like to see added to the game uh and what size fight would you like to see added into so you mentioned this earlier with the kind of conquest thing um so i guess just followed up with how many like what size should that be? Like five v five, ten v ten. I think for sure the game should have a ranked one v one and three v three arena. Um, BDO Mobile has it, and it works really well. I don't know why PC doesn't have one. It's kind of crazy to me that mobile got it almost instantly, and PC were just still playing the same goofy RBF, you know, unbalanced mode that we've yep. been playing since two thousand sixteen. Uh, no, no, dude, there's barricades. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I mean it wouldn't be hard to implement ranked arenas into the game like just literally copy and paste the arenas that are in mobile although great. Uh, although i'm concerned about their queuing system <laughs> if you ever see the rvf queue system it works fine in mobile like the I, I don't know if mobile has a bigger population but um it does a pretty good job of matchmaking you know if i think basically it looks for someone who has even gear with you and then if it can't find someone it expands the search until it does so the queues aren't that long um and the main thing is the rewards right like if you add a ranked arena into the game and there's no rewards then yeah probably not a lot of people are going to queue up for it but if you add an arena and you give people both a reward for having a high rank and also a or reward for just participating. Like Arsha skins kind of thing for top. Yeah, yeah, players. exactly. Some kind of cool skin or like a green, you know, like a glowing it title. It have to be something like super impactful to in-game economy or anything like that. I could just right. They I don't want them giving of... out gear or money or anything, but if they have like a Stormtrooper title for ranked arenas, people will fight for that for sure. So, yeah. you know, add, add a reward for, um, for being, for, for, having the high rank and then add a reward just for participating that's you know some minor amount of silver or something kind of like what you get from rbf um the rewards in video mobile you know it's they give you like a little bit of blackstones or whatever they just kind of give you boxes with random shit in it it's not game breaking but it's enough to make it worthwhile to take a break from grinding and go do some pvp instead yeah i personally i i would want some sort of like so like if i'm grinding ladder 1v1 ladder all day it would be nice to know that I got a little, like, not grinding level or gathering level or anything like that, but just some sort of silver that's slowly being built up or items or whatever. Um, yeah, I, I think they could implement that um, if they just kind of follow the the model that they have on mobile. There's so, so many cool Yeah, 1v1 and 3v3 for sure. And then I think we need, um, 
another RBF. Honestly, I wouldn't be upset if they just closed down RBF completely and replaced it with like two or three new game modes that were more objective based. Um, and you know, those could be different sizes. There could be one that's like 10 V 10 and then another one that's like 30 V 30. I, um, I, I think it would be cool, like depending on how Thorn Castle plays out, um, that could be a really good game mode. That could be the beginning of something. You know, if Thorn Castle is successful, then maybe in Snow Region we'll get like another objective like that. So if they start implementing or integrating some of these with open world objectives, then that's really cool. I really like what they did with the boss who spawns at Abandoned Monastery. So, you know, first of all, they made it a two-man grind spot, which is good because now you have, um, you know, it's, it's not just a 1v1. You have a little bit of variety there where you can bring an ally and get some 2v2s going on. And then there's actually something to fight over, right? Like whenever that boss spawns, world PvP breaks out and people kill each other so that they can get those um, earring drops. So that kind of shit is really smart. I think they could add that to a bunch of different parts of the game. Um, someone asked earlier, what are your thoughts on the, on the seasons, the seasonal characters and servers coming up? Uh, <laughs> so I like that they're doing it. I think that 90% of what they're doing is, could be done a lot better. Like it's, it's one of those things where any fresh start in an MMO is going to be fun, right? Like even if they mess it up, it's, it's still fun just cause it's a fresh start, but uh, there's so many things that they could have done to seasons that would make it more interesting. Um, if they actually had like, you know, some version of video classic that went through the expansions, I think that could be super fun, especially if they did it, um, like there's there's multiple ways they could do it they could do it with the current pets and stuff or they could do like a true fresh start where they have a where they have you know no cash shop like no pay to win like a arcade unchained sort of thing or whatever it was called I, I think there's way more interesting things they could have done with seasons but the main objective seems to be to get new players caught up in terms of gear to a certain point i think it's going to accomplish that um i'm really disappointed that there's no pvp they have a season Arsha channel, but they're not going to have it on launch. They said they're going to have it within the first few months. So I guess that's something, but I think it's just absolutely insane that that's not available Wait, on day one. What? There's so many people who want to play a fresh character and be able to PVP. Like I would yeah. say more than half of the people who are thinking about returning to BDO want to do it because they can get PVP out of it. Like they're not all, they're, they're not interested in grinding on top of 13 other guardians on a season channel while trying to get to Polly's forest. Like that just doesn't sound fun. Um, part of what makes BDO interesting and unique is the fact that there is uh, at least the option for open world PVP. And so it's, you know, whatever, if they want to have the PVE servers, but they really should have the PVP server available at launch. I can't imagine a reason why they don't. Um, yeah, I'm surprised by that, actually. I thought they were going to have that, but... The 5,000 HP on Siege Castles, uh, or on, on during Siege, what are your thoughts on that system? Do you like it, hate it, think it's good, bad? What would you change, that sort of thing? Pretty bad, like egregiously bad. Like when we, when we talk about uh, how the devs don't play the game, I think that that's a perfect example. Um, no one who plays the game would have added... I, there's not a single person in any guild on either side of the siege scene who thinks that that HP mechanic, the way that it's implemented, um, works out. You know, some people like the extra life in terms of slower time to kill, and I, I get that. But the fact that you have to wait and recover 500 health 
one week at a time after you lose your castle is is so silly um like it's one of those things that's clearly just they thought about it like from a theoretical standpoint but no one who actually plays the game implemented that shit it it's it's crazy when you lose a castle your hp should get completely reset back to normal i think i, I think there's a hundred percent consensus on that in among most siege players um but I, I also think that increasing health was the wrong solution for several reasons so first of all this game has percentage-based healing skills um so increasing everyone's health by five thousand is obviously just another imbalance now that affects certain classes more than others so i don't like that at all i think what they should have done to attack um time to kill is just buff dr right because like right now we have a huge imbalance between dr builds and evasion builds at the higher end and if they had buffed dr values um at, at higher end siege that would have slowed time to kill it would also would have addressed the imbalance between dr and evasion and um, you know they they could have come up with some other way to to penalize guilds who are streaking on a castle. I think in concept, making it harder and harder to hold a castle over time is is good. But the way they did it with the health mechanic, um, this kind of strikes me as like not fully thought out. Yeah, yeah, I agreed. I don't know. I, I, I haven't been sieging much since the change, but yesterday was like oh my god like people i know i can kill like i could not even get to like 40 percent health and i'm like dude I, I can't even imagine if you have less gear than me because i have like i have a shitload of gear so i don't even want to know what it'd be like if you go into siege with 269 nuver yeah i don't know how you kill anybody <laughs> and i actually don't mind that right because that's how siege used to be before everyone was like glassed out um it used to be that it was actually pretty hard to kill someone in a single combo for, for a long time in this game. And you had to dogpile people, you had to team up on people. So I, I'm okay with the slower times to kill. I just think that there's way better ways that they could have implemented it. And I think it's weird that you have like this one day where you're PVPing under different circumstances than the other six days. And, you know, people who invested in things like Voltara belts or Ruins rings, like their gear is only half as effective on Saturdays as it is the rest of the week. And, you know, that's to no fault of them. It's, I, I don't know. There's a lot of like bad consequences of the HP change that I just don't think they really considered. Yeah. All right. That's it for the guest questions. Thank you guys so much for uh, asking the guest questions. Uh, any anytime we have a guest on, if we know ahead of time that they're going to be on, we'll post it in the Discord. Try to get you guys to ask questions of our guests. So, um, it's always fun. Time to move on to normal shit. There actually was not like a whole whole bunch of shit to talk about. So seasons got postponed. Um, I have it noted here that only Nayashi knows why. Nayashi, you want to fill us in? Wait, what? I think it before the podcast you said I'm pretty sure it's because, and then you said a reason. Let's hear it. Something Wait, about translation. What was the? What, what was the? Oh, the um, the localization issues they mentioned. I I don't yeah. remember where I heard that, but that's that's what I heard was the issue. I think it was um probably off of um, not the worst or um, Anders. Uh, I think video. they might have updated the season guide and said something. Google Translate was down for a day. But yeah, they basically just mentioned, you know, we're servicing several regions and it's taking longer than expected or something like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's basically the what was being said. So, so they were just 
Are all of you guys? We'll go. We'll go one at a time, starting with Moreland. You, you making a seasonal character, and if so, what character? I am. Yeah, I'm probably gonna make a Valkyrie. Oh. Valkyrie does seem fun. Awaken or suck? Succession. Um, I I wanted to play something that's not gonna take a lot of skill points because um, grinding SP on seasons doesn't sound fun. So yeah. I figured I'm definitely gonna go succession because that usually requires less. Um, like less investments. And then I wanted to play something that would be good open worlds. Um, you know, I didn't want to play like a guardian, even though it's going to be good at grinding. I didn't want to just get clapped by short sword classes everywhere I went. So um, I think Valk no, is going to be No, that's the best fun. of times. <laughs> Blades are kind of like short swords. Nayashi, relax. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Nayashi, what, are you going to make a character seasonal? I might for shits and giggles, but um, it's... Gonna be a Maywalk. Without the PvP, I don't really see the point. You know, like the, when they originally announced the concept of seasons, I'm like, this is a perfect way for them to introduce a quote unquote balanced gear approach to PvP. Like, I, that's what I was thinking and envisioning for seasons. And I'm like, that would be awesome. Like, I think a lot of players, even veterans, would be on board for this. But then they said no PvP. So I'm like, well, fuck. <laughs> So, yeah. I don't know. So if you do make a character, I'm not. I'm not big in the grinding. I, I personally am just not big in the grinding and whatnot. I, I obviously, if you look at my gear, <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's just I, I thought it was a very good opportunity for, for them to try to introduce some sort of quote unquote like lower gear score but balanced ish, you know, combat. But whatever, um, wasted opportunity. I feel if if you do make a character, what class would it be? Um, probably a male because it's fucking you know, that's god what I damn do. it. <laughs> um, I, I think would... the only reason why I would do it is maybe for some sort of content to kind of show progression on a lower level Maywa going up for newer players coming to the game. That might be the best reason for me to actually do it because a lot of people right. are like struggling on the early game on how do I level up quickly and effectively? What skills should I take to level up? Maybe I could do some content like that, maybe, but res um, uh so, seasonal character, are you gonna make one? And if so, what class? I already made one. It's a Kuno. Oh shit. Awaken or suck? What are you gonna play? Uh well suck is better, right? So probably that. Uh I mean they're debatable. For PvE, I played. A, uh, I don't know if you know this, but better. I actually have played Kuno before. I I don't know that. Yeah, I, I played Kuno on the private server. Oh god! All right, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm making a Mewa. I actually named my Mewa after Nyashi. It's called Unlimited Stamina, and uh, right. she's gonna be hyped, dude. I'm gonna play her Awakened. The whole time. You're going to play hard mode. I think Awakens easy mode, dude. That's the unlimited stamina mode. I don't have to keep track of no red sword buff or any of that bullshit. Uh, Alright. Uh, okay, so Global Labs uh, patch this week. They only really mentioned two kind of important things. The first one being that they are working diligently on Awaken PvP buffs. Um, it's not out yet, but they, they mentioned it in the notes at the top. And then uh, Global Labs, you now 
we'll see your dream horse success percent chance in the window. Yay. Yay. I wonder if this is going to be, I mean, we all kind of know it, right? Like at least like it was data mined. So it was data mined. Yeah. We, we know exactly what it is. The rates they showed on global lab are exactly what was data mined. So, so I showed, um, or I, before they showed the enhancement rates on accessories, I was going for pen RCs thinking that blue was easier, right? Like just logically in my head, I'm like, well, blue probably has a higher enhancement chance. So I was like, I failed three pen RCs on like a hundred stack. And then once I saw the actual chance to succeed, I was like, oh my God, I was throwing money away. What the fuck? That shit sucked, but I'm I'm glad this is coming out just because uh, uh one more step towards like actually revealing some fucking numbers in this game, like you know PVP damage reduced percentages should be in our tooltip on every single skill, please one day. That's my hope. Step in the right direction. Uh, I would love better tooltips for skills in this game. First of all, just like having the information that's already there be correct would be amazing. Um. I always laugh when they have a patch note that's like fixed a skill that was applying the damage from level two and three at the same time. And it's like, <laughs> was it like that for three years? Like how long, <laughs> how long ago did they? Yeah, yeah. It'd be nice to know all those things be represented appropriately for sure. Fixed an issue with Sork's violation where it was applying the damage of one, two and three. Oh my <laughs> yeah. God, dude. Uh, yeah, that would be good. I, I also hope one day that the, the little stats sheet when you hover over attack, awakening, defense shows like way more information. Show like your base stats, your gear stats, the combined stats, like everything. Your randomized level up stats. Yeah, the randomized level up stats. <laughs> all, all of that shit, dude. I, I wish it was all in there. Um, okay, what'd you guys do with your free crons on Wednesday? Nothing yet. I was going to blow it up for a fucking tet, uh, distortion attempt, but the try failed. Feels bad. <laughs> Fuck, dude, I'm sorry. I should have listened to Morlin and just, you know, fucking pop and use him on <laughs> the know. damn try. You asked him and then completely ignored what he said. No, he said, he said that. specifically it is more profitable to use it on the TED attempt. So I'm like, okay. But he said it was either way, you know, it was. So I was like, eh. Well, I would prefer to hopefully have multiple attempts on the TED attempt, so that's what I went with. He said either way. I'm, at least, maybe I misinterpreted that, Moreland. You can confirm what you said, but <laughs> pretty sure you're I basically mean, oh, saying the TED was obviously more profitable to use it on, potentially. I would I would have croned every level, but if, if you weren't going to buy more crons, then yeah, TED is probably the best level to use it on. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't have any more, unfortunately, and I'm a broke back bitch, so I don't have any money. I don't grind enough. Rez, did you use yours? Yeah, two filled penitips. What a cheap old. <laughs> I, got, I feel like uh, TED accessories is just like the best value for your buck because you just have such a higher chance at succeeding, and they had the potential to help get you a pen rather than have such a low chance at a pen. I got 10 failed try black star attempts. So that was cool. <laughs> I was pretty hype about that. Damn, what stack was that? Uh so I I I succeeded a few, but um all my crown stones are gone now and I used them exclusively on the try attempts. 
I I failed about 34 try attempts and succeeded four of them. And I started all my stacks on 60 and then just let it kind of go up. Okay, yeah, see, after. you did it right. You just got fucked. Yeah, I got bad luck. It was, it was telling me 24% chance to su- succeed, but that was a lie. So like you were saying earlier, if just the information was correct on the screen, it would be really nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Changes yeah. based on your Zodiac. Dude, I, that that day was hard for a lot of people, I think, on Wednesday. Because so many people were succeeding pens. And when you see that, you like, dude, I, I, I want to get something. And then you try it and it all fails and you feel even worse. Uh, so many people in my guild got pens. So many people. It's crazy. I'm like, now we're, like these people, uh, it's just two attempts. And people are succeeding. Um, Must okay. be nice. Have you guys used your J scrolls? Your your lucky hundred percent drop rate J scrolls. I no. I have not. I used one of them. I think it's Tarzan. Yeah, I've used two. So J scrolls, I feel like send out a distress call to people that want to grief and karma bomb. Every time I've ever popped a J scroll, I get griefed by somebody. So. I, I had mentioned this before these came out because the old J scrolls, the same thing happened to me. But I, I literally was grinding stars in five hours, completely unbothered. And then I pop a J scroll, and this archer just starts killing mobs on the opposite end of me and won't go away for like 25 minutes. And I'm just yeah, like, the that's fuck? why I won't pop them on stream because I just assume I'm going to get stream sniped as soon as I use one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude. I also don't um, even get good right luck back. with them. All right. Yeah, I don't even get good luck with the J scrolls. So I've used two so far. I got one distortioneering out of them. So I guess hooray. Yeah, I'm know. probably wasting mine because I'm just using them in Aquaman because I'm too lazy to go anywhere that makes them actually useful. No, but that's I, okay. I was scared you were I, using them at Poly. No, 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 no. Getting that fat Capris dust. I literally, like, this happens every time I try to, like, pop all of my buffs. So I popped a... I had Agris on, I had J-Scroll, and I had an advanced loot scroll going for an hour. Didn't get a thing. I got a compass part, I think. And obviously a bunch of, uh, like, scroll pieces, right? Right. Um, but, like, no crystals, no shards, no tongrads. Like, five minutes after all those buffs end, got a Tongrad ring. Or earring, rather. <laughs> I was like, of course. Of course. <laughs> Little known fact about Agris. It doesn't actually increase your item drop amount. It only buffs the amount of trash you get. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. It's just raw silver from the trash, and that's it. Yeah, I had a... um. Well, my, sec- my first J-Scroll, I popped a loot scroll, J-Scroll. I had the 20% buff from the journal morgrim's journal and then camo blessing and i popped the 50 mil tent buff and 25 minutes of that was griefed by an archer oh yeah that's i yeah i had a uh i had a 10 percent morgrim's buff as well i forgot about that i completed the first book i haven't collected all the buffs yet because i'm trying to actually like use them for once in my life all right and she said he he got a power fucker He'll be right back. Yeah, his power went out, I think. Yikes. Um, all right, so Agra's Fever, you can lock it now. Yay. Thank God. Uh, is that, it actually is a really cool change, because 
I, I hate using mine by accident on mobs I'm not trying to use it on, you know? I changed my grind spot so much, like, I don't want it to be at Polly or Blood Wolves or one of those spots. I'd rather just save it all up and and use it at, like, Star's End or Sacre, where the trash is actually worth a lot. Yeah. Yeah, and it happened so fast, too. Like, it was really quick. Yeah. Now, if only they could uh, change some other things that quickly that the community has been complaining about forever. Dude, we just got a sick payout in our guild, man. 70 mil? Goddamn. 70 mil? Holy shit, dude. You're rich. I don't know what I'm going to do with it all. Dude, imagine having 26 bill and feeling like you have nothing because you can't buy anything. I mean, you could enhance your profit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could. I could, buy except a, that doesn't work for me, dude. Buy two, buy two. I think you can buy what? You could probably buy, how much are Ted Ogres right now? Like 11 bill? 12 bill? Yeah. How do you see your You can buy two Ted Ogres and go for pin, dude. Enhance for profit. Easy. Where's the, let me see. You can, the enhancement journal like shows, it, it's kind of forever, right? I know it's like kind of inconsistent. Let me see if it shows. It only works when daylight savings is not active. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> is that the rule? Right. Yeah, it breaks whenever the time changes in game. Oh, fuck. Yeah. That's so random, dude. It doesn't have any of my. It's such a BDO thing, honestly. Dude, it has my. um. My Eye of the Ruins enhancements from March, but it has none of my Black Star fails from that I just did. That's hilarious. Oh my god. Alright. Um, I have to use the restroom really quick. I, th I think that's about it for all of our uh, topics. Unless you Is have it? anything you want to talk about, Russ. What would uh, I miss since my power outage? No, we just talked about Agris Fever. I'm going to use the restroom real quick. Be right back. Yeah, the Agris Fever log. Yeah, uh... Sure. Morlin, I'm going to link you a video that I would like for you to watch at least like this one bit because I thought it was pretty funny. Okay. Maybe nobody else did, but I thought it was funny. Hold on. Uh, so I started uh, recently doing uh, patch note TLDRs. And uh, so on this latest patch, there was a change to some stupid shit having to do with muskin. I don't remember. And so I thought it would be funny to it it should be linked to the timestamp roughly. Uh with muskin. So I made an edit. I wanted to get your opinion on how professional it is. That yeah, that looks about right. <laughs> Yeah, Rizzler did a good job on that. That's funny. Yeah, fighting bosses in this game, their uh, their hits like it's like the the AOE that they do will apply itself in every direction. So even if you block something, it like appears behind you and just knocks you down anyways. Yeah, dude, it's so bad with the uh, the new Rift bosses that they introduce. Like the the t the tougher ones or whatever, like they will just they do not give a fuck what you are doing. You are getting CC'd. Like it's so annoying. I I can't I can't stand that. I can't stand the like 
they ignore super armor frontal guard thing on those rip bosses. So dumb. It's just not even. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's the point of like, what's the point of even like, what's the challenge if you can't even use your abilities to avoid damage or to avoid CC. Yeah. I do love that Kafra's dust though has been a nice addition. That shit's starting to add up quick too. Yeah. All right, so I think we're ready for comments. Moreland, do you want to stick around or do you yeah. need to get Yeah, going? I can stick around. Okay, the comments are all going to be because the, the last week's episode we talked about the hideout ball, so most of them are going to be focused on that. So I, I feel like your uh, your opinion would be helpful during them. But um, you want to plug some of your stuff though, real quick, Moreland, before we go into comments. Where can people find your your stream and your YouTube and all that stuff? And make sure you spell it out because I've misspelled your name fifty times trying to talk about you. uh hopefully google will know what you mean if you misspell the name but yeah it's just m-o-r-r-o-l-a-n tv um that's my name on twitter that's my name on twitch youtube um that's my discord link if you do discord.gg slash moreland tv on any of that stuff works um, and then eventually there's going to be a moreland.tv website, hopefully in the next week. Um, so everybody who's been asking me to update the node guide for the last like year and a half, there's going to be the node guide. There's going to be some other guides. Um, there's going to be like some, some tools that you could use on the website that are going to solve a lot of those problems so that I don't have to keep making YouTube videos about them. So there should be some pretty useful stuff. So keep an eye out for that. More. <laughs> And then, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, for the comment section, everybody, uh, we do it every week. Um, if you leave a comment on the YouTube video, we will uh, provide it. It's uh, short enough or not um, just overtly offensive for absolutely no reason. We'll read your question on, on the show and then, yeah, go over it. Uh, I forgot the TLDR long one. It's all right. Also, did you want to do a uh, shout out to the Patreon people? I know you didn't mention it in the beginning. Oh fuck! I forgot again, dude. I'm the most scuffed fucking standard. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't know. I'll probably just edit it in, okay. like I did like three weeks ago when I also forgot. I'm so sorry, Patreon people. I'm the most scuffed fucking person to ever exist. Mm. Okay. Uh, comment number one from Lost Souls. He says first. Congratulations. Hadouken or Hadouken OCX says Frosty Panic rerolls to a new class. New class is bad. Rerolls back to Kuno. Next month Kuno gets nerved. Frosty plays World of Warcraft Shadowland and LOL with Reslar. Probably that, not. That'll never happen. I mean, I actually am going to try out World of Warcraft when it comes out, that new expansion, because I have a lot of friends playing it, but it will not have anything to do with Kuno nerfs because I will be a Sand Mage at the time. Um, <laughs> uh, Moreland, what are your thoughts on the, the reroll coupons being removed from the game uh, after June? Ter- just terrible, man. Just so bad. You think it's it, bad? That, yeah, that's, that strikes me. So I, I'm pretty cynical about the weapon exchange coupons. I feel like the only reason that that's happening is because they did such a bad job of doing class balance this year that they're getting overwhelmed with support tickets of people who want refunds when they re- like when they buy coupons and they reroll to a class and then the class gets nerfed a week later. Um, 
I feel like that's it. They're just reacting to that, right? Like the weapon exchange coupons were one of the only things they sold in the cash shop that was actually pay for convenience. Like it was, uh, I think it was a good way of monetizing that didn't, you know, that didn't mess up the game. And now they want to take that out, but they want to keep RNG gamble loot boxes. Um, I, yeah, I just think it's completely going in the wrong direction. Yeah. I, um, and that's a reasonable, I, I haven't heard that take on it the uh the support ticket thing because a lot of people are mentioning like different reasons like they're trying to monetize seasonal characters and get new players to just buy new weapons make them all buy artisans but i don't think it i think it has more to do with what you just said than than that sort of stuff yeah i mean that's an interesting take on it because i think you're the first person that i've heard that actually had that opinion yeah because people are like most people think it's a good thing. For me, I, I'm one of these, like, I reroll a lot. I haven't recently, but I generally do. And, I mean, I'm, like, sad that they're going, but at the same time, not that much. I, I do think it, like, if people feel, like, invested in their class, is kind of a cooler thing long-term. But, I don't know, it's going to have a weird effect on the market, too. Because now pen items, if people want to switch, they have to sell their pen item and buy a new pen item. Which is gonna be well, and there's the question of are they going to go back to having separate prices for each class? Because otherwise, we're going to have this weird discrepancy with pin weapons where some dead class has a bunch of pin weapons sitting at min price, and other classes have weapons that are maxed out, like right. that you can't get your hands on. So it's going to be kind of weird. Yeah, that's true too. I also, I don't know. I, I do wonder if long term it's really bad for them because people that have full pen like this probably wouldn't be me but i don't know what i would do like if you're completely bored on a class and you're like dude in that let's say that situation comes up that you just described it's like all right if i list my pen item it's going to be stuck at min every other is going to be stuck at max so i'm going to get once it does finally sell if it ever sells i'm going to get taxed like four bill or three bill or whatever it is, and then have to buy another one for more money. And you have to do that with every single weapon. Like some people are actually just going to quit the game. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know why it's better for the game to lock people into a class that they're no longer enjoying playing. Um, and, it, you know, people were saying that they, they said there's another way to get the coupon. Um, I, I don't really know what that means. Like, I guess if the details come out on that, then that could be good. If there's like a silver vendor that you can buy it from or something, uh, if it's just a one-time quest or like a reward that you can get, I don't really feel like that solves the issue because you, you change to a class. There's no way of changing back. Like there's still nerfs that could happen. I feel like if they really wanted to, um, like if they really wanted to make people happy, they should offer free coupons whenever they do massive balance changes but yeah i don't think that'll ever happen I, what like i don't understand why they don't just reduce the amount of fucking shakatu seals it takes to buy the shit just make yeah, it like that would, yeah that, that would actually would change if, a lot if it was like 40 or 50 per weapon slot would still like at least limit how much you can do it but it'd be a price like right now it's 120 to do one weapon, 120 Shikatsu seals. It was like insane. Yeah. Um, I honestly think, like, I, I honestly would not, I, I don't really see the downside of making it, like, fairly low. Like, well, maybe just like 100 for all three. I can't remember who came up with this. This is not my idea, but for 
uh, a good idea for a silver sink would be like if a vendor sold it. Like if you could buy a weapon swap coupon for a hundred, like a billion silver each slot. Like people might actually do that if there was no way to buy them otherwise. So well, at I least the options week, available. Three years of full rerolls, Frosty would be. A, it's just so happy. Didn't last week I say something similar to that? But I, I said that you would have to make it. Like uh, based on what you're re-rolling, so like pen would have to cost more than uh, like tad or whatever. I think I I don't remember Maybe. what you said. Something like a silver sink would be kind of cool. I don't know. Yeah, they they said so. Moreland, they they mentioned that it would be available in a journal in the future, but gave no details on what that means or if it means it's only once or what. I don't know. Yeah, that kind of sounds like a one-time thing. Oh well, we'll just stock up now, dude. You know, I got I got two sets ready. I'm ready to go. My future is covered. My uh, Earthbound Alan or Alien says Woot Value Pack is the best three hour uh, three hours of my workday. One day I'll join you on the Patreon. I promise. Uh, thank you for that. No worries on that. And then he says uh, his awakened weapon will be an hourglass. That would actually be cool as fuck. I don't know how it would be implemented. Would it just be floating around? I don't know. I'd be down with that, though. Uh, Todd Thorson says, don't worry, I'll donate to that dirty Maywa next paycheck. Heart edit regarding <laughs> <laughs> regarding shit tier grind spots, Randy, <laughs> etc. Yeah, last... Wait, were you on the on last week, Nashi? You were, right? Yeah, I was yeah, on yeah. last week. Right. What was it? No, I just forgot. Uh, edit regarding shit tier grind spots, Randy, etc. They could just make them uh, drop spirit claw pieces. Um Jonas fragments, etc. They maybe don't need high tier accessories, but high demand consumables that will be needed later on in game would also help the market prices of these items. Yeah, more Moreland, what do you think about that thing that they talked about where they said maybe they were gonna set up servers where some of the lower, like unused grind spots like in Serendia and shit would be good specifically only for that server or whatever? Uh, yeah, it's interesting. I, I feel like they're just going to add a multiplier to it, right? So there's they're not going to go spot by spot and balance it all out. So it's probably going to be super out of whack. Um, I think yeah, people will run around in the first week and test different spots, and they'll figure out like what the best spot is, and then the meta will probably form around that. But uh, it's it's an interesting idea. Like uh, A lot of these games suffer from the early game content becoming irrelevant the longer that the game is out. And, you know, part of that is the fact that you level up in this game from one to 60 in like a day when that used to be, you know, months and months of work. So a lot of that content is just kind of ignored now. So if they want to find a way to bring it back, that's that's cool. Um, I prefer they do like what they did with Abandoned Monastery where they did a proper rework. I, but if they just add a new channel where they multiply everything, um, yeah, it'll it'll be cool, like exploring and killing some red orcs and seeing what they drop. Um, I, I think the meta will be like pretty firmly established after the first week or two, though, and we'll we'll go back to ignoring ninety percent of the map and just farm one spot. Yeah, they'll they'll have to like fuck with the drop rate on everything. It'll be weird. I'm excited for it, but it'll be strange. Oh yeah, and Nayashi too. What he was talking about the um, he'll donate to you next week. That when the, you left for the comment section, I believe last time right no, oh sure. yeah i think i had yeah. to leave a little so early. i had mentioned um that todd thorson came on stream and donated 20 bucks and said that that was for the value pack because you know whatever he loved the podcast and stuff and i was like so yeah res i'll split that with you and then uh 
someone was like, what about Nayashi? I was like, uh, Nayashi's a male. He is not getting a cut of that <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> no chance. Uh, Sphero says, nice. Thank you, Sphero. Uh, Orakami says, I love pretending to sit in the room and listening to this conversation. He meditates while listening to the podcast. Um, Abrick Abraxas KB says, I would love if you could use both at the same time, suck and awakening. You know, I hear this suggestion a lot. Um, Moreland, do you think if if they just removed succession as a spec and instead just made all the pre-awakened skills succession versions so you could do both, do you think that would be good or bad? Um... I don't know. That might be good. Um, I, I like succession in theory. Uh, I think in practice, they had a pretty hard time balancing it. And so one solution to that might be just give people access to everything. Um, there's already so many classes in this game. I don't necessarily know if every class needs to further be broken down into two subclasses. But... Um, I don't know. I really like how the succession turned out for the most part with with Warrior. I think it's kind of weird though, right? Because a lot of the pre-awakened versions of these skills are are dramatically different actually from the pre-awakened skills. Right. So like there's some abilities. If you look at Warrior, the forward slash that Warrior has, um, it's on Awakening is a much better animation cancel and it's much better at like moving up and down the Z axis than the succession one. The succession one is more distance, but it drop stuns you and like rubber bands you if you're going down a rock and you can't use it to cancel out of other skills the way that you can with the awakened one. So there's that's like a fundamentally different skill that awakening has access to compared to succession. So there'd be, uh, I think some awakening classes would lose out on the actual like absolute versions of the skills that they prefer over the succession versions, so that, that might be a downside. I also I just combine them, dude. Now it now it doesn't fuck you when you go downhill. You can. It would it. be amazing if they just made it not fuck you when you went downhill. <laughs> yeah, they could. Uh, wow, yeah. A, a revolution. That's yeah. That's an issue with like Sork has that too. They fixed the the key input conflict between um, Crow Flare and dream of doom and midnight stinger on succession but not in awakening and it's like literally the same inputs it's insane to me that they fix that for suck but not awakening it's so weird but i think one of the issues with combining them well one i i personally i like that the subclass thing because i think it gives players a little bit more personality and style choice so long as like the balance is decent which I, I don't, obviously not all of them are close enough balance that you can choose either one, but a lot of them are. Like you can choose between some some of the classes. But the other thing is, I think there's a lot of people that just don't like having to C-swap. C-swap is a jarring thing for a lot of people. Like when you played BDO for a long time and you're used to it, because that's all we had, it's fine. But I think for someone coming into the game, if they want to do that style thing, like switch between weapons, that's cool. But I feel like not everyone should have to. That's one of the things I like about Succession. Well, one of their goals, one of their like stated goals with Succession is that they wanted to simplify it. Um, so I, I'm guessing it's going to stay the way that it is because they basically want to have, they want these classes to have access to a kit that players can learn more quickly. Um, that doesn't have as much like nuance and as much, you know, as high of a skill ceiling to it. That seems to be an explicit goal of succession is to actually just make like an easier version of the class. Yeah. Um, 
All right. Uh, let's see. Do, 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 do. Rainier Jansen says that new Sand Mage class looks crazy cool. I agree. Uh, R9S says Prince of Persia, Sands of Time, Pog, also Wargons is OP. I make 80 to 80 to 130 mil an hour there as a 229 AP with Tet Kudum Kuno spot. Really relies on Serps and Crystal Drops though. Um, yeah, I think that spot's actually like. Um, Sleeper OP for low gear. Um, Kaser81 says, I have a feeling that bounty hunting is wide open for exploits. Same with the new horse rental stuff. Wouldn't this open up player-to-player -player trading in a way? Mm, I don't know. Does the horse renting thing open player-to-player -player trading? I don't think the horse renting thing is that bad because it's only like 100k silver per horse and it's got a one-week timer. I, th I think if you cancel it early, then the money gets refunded. So unless you had like a shitload of horses, I, it's just probably not that time efficient to use that as a way to transfer money. Uh, but the bounty system could definitely be a way to transfer money if those honor points or whatever actually have like a reward associated with them that's 100% going to get exploited. Yeah, dude, there's gonna be people like remember in the in the old days if you ever watched like Peaky Blinders, dude, horse racing was king, man. That was like yeah. the pharmaceutical companies back then. Now horse racing is gonna become king for uh, the market and BDO. How scary! Money laundering schemes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, says Mini Zarka Tentacle Hentai intensifies. I don't know what that's in reference to. Because I said, what if the the awakening for the Sand Mage was he just turns into a mini Zarka? He's like stuck in the ground. Oh, what a bad idea, Rizar. Genta says, "Bad <laughs> <laughs> you, I so I you know, Frosty, I, I wasn't gonna say it, but uh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> I got you. Dude. I give, I give Perlobus that idea for free. Okay, I'm not even charging for that one." <laughs> Genta says the season channels seem to aim towards getting new players into the game loop without most of the punishing mechanics dragging them down however this doesn't do much for experienced players do you think special seasons that apply special modifiers would be viable or enjoyable example starting at higher levels permadeath dropping equipment on death bonus drop rates factions etc dude I do think a BDO hardcore mode would actually be insane Jesus yeah, I, I think Christ. that could be super fun. Imagine oh, the, the, think of the cancer. You're already dealing with the cancer, the, the enhancement system, but then you have fucking players fucking with your shit, too. <laughs> God. It'd uh, probably be impossible to stream because I just get gangbanged by 13 oh ninjas God, everywhere yeah. I went, but it still sounds like it'd be it'd be a fun fuck around mode, right? Like you couldn't Probably. play that full time, but it would be fun. I heard, uh, I heard on a stream recently that something about you hate women. Or something? What's up with that? Wait, what? It doesn't everybody? <laughs> um, uh, no, I got in trouble for in Last Oasis because I attacked a female player without her consent. Uh, so now I've been consent. branded as a misogynist. <laughs> without her consent. Without oh, her no. consent. Dude. Oh my gosh. I feel like people should... Yeah, I'm going to start submitting tickets when people attack me on Makuno. They don't know if I'm a boy or a girl. Say you identify fuck. as a woman. <laughs> yeah, you're you're harassing them. I mean, all um, women are queens, and you shouldn't attack them unless they give you permission. <laughs> Spectral <laughs> says they need to fix Succession Ranger. Shouldn't be hard to nerf her large scale and give her the scale and 1v1 potential back. And a damn S-block, at least. Yeah. 
That'd be cool. All it really needs is an S block, right? I don't even think the large scale consensus. nerfs need to be. I don't even think. I don't. Does Ranger need to be nerfed large scale? I don't even know that it does, to be honest. It's not even like top four of best class in large scale. I don't know, dude. I saw that Cine clip. <laughs> that clip uh-huh. is pretty good. Dude, our, yeah, our friend Cine Morlin is like, he has this clip during a node war. His ranger is literally hiding in a bush on a high ground. You just see the bush wiggling and his kill feed like going off because he's spamming descending current from this bush. <laughs> I feel like that shit's way underused in NA. Apparently, Korea has a big problem with rangers, and in NA, we're all just like playing guardians. <laughs> yeah. I think we're ahead of the meta, dude, not behind. Um, nah, I could be wrong. Til- Tilter says, I think succession as an idea is kind of stupid. In my opinion, they should just take succession kit and the awaken kit and merge them so you don't have to pick and can use both. I do want to say the other thing with merging them is here's my problem with merging them is having them separate allows some of these succession skills to be extremely powerful where if they're merged, you're going to have to nerf a bunch of shit. Like imagine a Akuno that can tendon cutter to your back and, and spin like, I just can't even, Oh my god, dude. Imagine Tenon Cutter C yeah, swap delighted blast spin. Work. That would be so nuts, dude. I I am a hundred percent for combining them, mostly because Archer doesn't have succession, so I imagine we just get a bunch of buffs, right? <laughs> we, just, yeah. we just get like damage buffs, just like straight fucking damage buffs. So I'm actually pretty okay with that. Imagine an awakened warrior getting the super armor from the succession grab. Ooh, yeah. There you go. I don't know. The warrior ones would be the most... I mean, the warrior would probably not even feel that different, to be completely honest. <laughs> probably not. Um, I'm trying to think, like, can you imagine Wizard and Witch Awakening Kit also with that pre-awakening kit, though? With succession, how fucking insane that would be. The fucking fast cast passive, and they're using it with like Aqua Jail, Bolide, Cataclysm, like everything. Now, Wizards and Witches have Voltaic Pulse. And Witch would have two Voltaic Pulse cooldowns. Wizard would have Voltaic Pulse and Cataclysm. That sounds awesome. Oh my gosh. You guys got to see this. I don't know why. I don't know whose bright fucking idea that was to take. Arguably the most powerful ability in the game, I guess excluding fucking PA, and then give it to another fucking class. Like, Jesus Christ, dude. Voltaic is already so ridiculous. Why are we putting it on other classes? Are we supposed to, am I supposed look, to pop this look up at on those. stream? Right, yeah, look at those. those kind of relevant to... Sound that we need, or no? You don't need sound. Okay. It's just watching what they're doing. Oh, this is the, the ranger. Oh my god, dude. They all died. That's ridiculous. On, they all died on that tower. What server is this? Unbelievable. I don't know because I don't recognize the guilds. I assume EU. I think it's EU. Yeah. I don't even recognize them for EU either. I'm pretty sure it's EU. All right. Let's see. Unpredictable and Blitzkrieg. Yeah. Oh my god, dude. Yeah, Rangers, not bad. You know? In large scale. In large scale. <laughs> There's a reason we gave Succession Ranger its own fucking category in the tier list. Yeah. 
Um, it literally looks like he's farming mobs. Oh yeah, here, let me put the links in chat for you guys. Do, do, do. Um, okay, here we go. All right. Uh, dancing sources, craft, craftsman life skill, making furniture and house decor and those mob heads that give small timed bonuses. Yeah, that could be an interesting. Can't you make some of those already, though? Isn't that already kind I, of a thing? I thought you could. Probably not the really good ones, though. I don't know. Do make you, what? Like the, the furniture that gives buffs and stuff. Can you craft any of them? Or are the buff ones not craftable? Like, can't you make camel statues? Isn't that a craftable I mean, thing? you can craft them if you get like a rare drop off of Nuva or something, I think, right? Oh, there's right, there's furniture drops like Nuva and Kudum that turn into the good buffs. Yeah. I don't know. As a separate life skill, it doesn't seem like it's different enough because that's already kind of a thing. Um, I got a I got a five head idea for house items. You guys ready for this? All right, let's hear. Oh, yeah. Let's hear. Allow you allow your uh, players to put furniture in their tents, so you could take house buffs out of your. That actually be sick. You lean so hard, pay to win, Marlon. It's not even cool, dude. It's house. Yeah, can we also do it in our rental tent buffs for those of us who don't have actual tents? Yeah. Yeah, they can put a rental tent in there. Put a little <laughs> mobile priest in there too for church. Dude, you know how they're letting us rent horses for 100k? They should let us rent our tents out to people that don't have them for actual cash. <laughs> I can you can borrow my tent for $10. You get it for 2 weeks. Damn, dude. That would be dope. So um, after after how much is a tent? 60 bucks? How much is it? I don't uh, remember. 4900 pearls, I think. So after like three weeks, it becomes not worth it anymore? Yeah. Well, you know, you couldn't gather all the money at once. Some people are living like that, man. Kanichi Sai says, I'm skeptical about the costume design task force. (laughs) 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 Just just the fucking... The name. I'm just skeptical about the name, dude. Um, What's going to end up happening is they will release nice and unique costumes for a few weeks... Then, like the grindy game that BDO is, they're going to get burnt out and they'll start recoloring and adding effects to existing skins like the fucking shoe dad. Then, in true PA fashion, when it gets too complicated, they're going to make a separate game called Costume Design Task Force Simulator. (laughs) It'll be free on Steam, dude. It'll be free on Steam and the servers will still run like shit. You'll, You'll be lagging your dick off. Dude, imagine. I just, I, I'm just waiting for the uh, the standalone um, costume creation game. Yeah, dude, that's yeah. Said. Ima- imagine desyncing while like trying to put a pocket <laughs> on your shirt. <laughs> well, you're just trying to die. You're just trying to dye your outfit a different color, and then they, uh, you know, it's lagging and desyncing on you. Morlin, have you played Shadow Arena? Yeah, yeah, I played it quite a bit. I played pretty much every version of it. Uh, the best version was the final beta that they did. The early access launch has been kind of rough. Uh, I don't know why, but it seems to have more like desync and networking issues yes, the previous versions. Was. So that's been pretty unlucky. Yeah, me and Reslar did a uh, duo attempt, which it was interesting at first, but the long waits made it an issue. The long waits and like the lag when you got into certain fights, like. 
we fought uh, Blade Boquez and uh, his teammate for probably a solid like 20 minutes at one point, waiting for a game to start. And Blade was playing Akuno and was legitimately, it looked like he had Ghost Step. Like, he was actually just teleporting around. It was fucking insanity. Rust came up with a good idea, sorry, for, for when it comes to the costume thing. He said they should make it a Steam workshop where you let the community submit costumes. I, remember that costume contest they had a while back? Yes! Like, that actually generated some really badass costumes, and I, I like that idea, too. I mean, still, whatever, have this task force, but I would probably slow it down to, like, one every three or four weeks, and then also do, like, user submission contests and, like, maybe once a month add in like for every class like the winner of each class's costume give me my racist wizard outfit <laughs> racist wizard outfit it was super racist it had like the oh, I the cone hat. Those. that outfit was fucking <laughs> cool as fuck like it had it the, um, what was it <laughs> well it, ha it had that witch witch hat thing like you have you guys ever seen um, uh, like american yeah. horror story coven like the black, tall, pointy hats. Like it was one of those. The problem is, like, if you could dye it white, it's probably gonna be a no go. <laughs> um, but yeah, that outfit outside of the hat actually <laughs> oh was God, fucking epic. Yeah, and isn't, that, isn't that crazy? How that was like? Wasn't that like the like fourth place or something? Like at the end of it, it was like third or fourth yeah, place or something. But the I rest think. of that outfit was really <laughs> fucking badass, actually. That outfit was. There cool. were so many good outfits that came out of that, and then the we got the fucking Zerker outfit, which was the worst fucking one. I mean, it, it was the one that won though. So worldwide, it was the one people loved most, right? Yeah, and nobody fucking. It's gross. Nobody uses it. Well, no one plays that class. Um, Zero H says, "Forget land tournaments. That'd be so dope, though." The first step to a competitive scene in BDO is just give us a freaking 1v1, 2v2, 3v3 ladder already. When are they going to understand that these Arsha leaderboards are lame as fuck and aren't what we want? If their reasoning really oh, is... Oh, we have Arsha leaderboards? We have them right now, yeah. Sammy won <laughs> the last one. One season one. Um, if their reasoning really is, quote, some classes aren't designed around 1v1s, end quote. Well, most classes aren't good for Siege. It doesn't mean we should get rid of Siege. Actually, it probably does. Um, it doesn't sleep, though. That's, <laughs> it probably does, but we should get rid of Siege. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't stand... I've been saying this, Moreland, like, we, this comes up every once in a while, because I always hear people say, like, well, you know, classes aren't designed for 1v1. And I'm like, dude, 1v1 in this game right now, like, overall, is way more fucking balanced than Siege. Like, it's oh, not even God, close. Yeah. Well, with Succession, I mean, even Witch and Wiz is getting one v one now. I don't know what people are complaining yeah, about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's... Uh, dude, it's like, okay, in, in 1v1s, there are, out of the 19 classes, 17 of them are, are viable to defend yourself against just about everybody. With, like, you know, there being a little bit of give and take. Like, you're going to have advantages, disadvantages. In Siege, you have four usable classes. The rest suck. All right. <laughs> I, I, do, I do find it very funny, though, that they're trying to do some sort of international competitive, like, PvP scene whenever we don't have ranked fucking... I know. Like, which, by the way, rank, would ranked not be the easiest way to narrow down seeds? Determine just what classes are nerfed on every. Well, that too, but having have, having classes on every server, like where you see like the top ranked players, so you, those are the people you invite. If we had an actual yeah. ladder, 
Instead of you just being like, okay, what's the most like popular PvP streamer? We'll just invite that guy, I guess. Well, actually, I have some info on that. They said specifically KR only, so. What do you mean KR only? Yeah. They're only inviting KR players. <laughs> they literally announced SEA in Taiwan as the first tournament. No, not the tournament, but the um, for the oh. people that they're bringing to talk about the classes. Oh, you're talking about the balance stuff. Okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, the balance stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. we're we're talking about just having the tournament. The the tournament thing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The tournament, yeah, yeah. You were probably the, being the, grabbed by Zerker and Arsha. The cross right the cross server tournament. Probably yeah. being grabbed by Zerker. Hey. <laughs> Nah, I'm fighting a ninja right now. Dude, I don't know why all these Zerkers keep grabbing Nayashi and plugging his ears <laughs> while they have him up in their arms. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I like the idea of the international thing. If it's like actual invite, like go to the place and participate live would be kind of cool. I remember, I don't know if anyone remembers Benzie from uh, Black yeah. Girls like way back in the day, oh, Benzie yeah. boy. He, I remember I was talking to him about it and he was telling me that he had to actually like practice for a while beforehand because the latency was so good that it felt weird. Like he yes. like couldn't anticipate the movement and stuff. It was like, this is actually nuts. Yeah, it's it's definitely going to be a little different having basically Dude, land. That was so fun when, when Benzie and the guys came to TwitchCon and we had that big um, finals match like up on the stage. That was so yeah. fun. Dude, that, that was cool. It, it was hype for sure. Yeah. felt bad for the EU team though because they had so many issues with passports and whatnot but, or visas um, or whatever. The Musassin says, uh, Frosty and Resler just started watching the podcast uh, for today. The new class skill reminded me of someone, and maybe their skills might mirror it. The thing I'm talking about in question is Noover. Does that tornado skill the new class does remind you of any one of the attacks that it does? Also, Noover, Noover has the ability to move under sand. What if this class can move under the sand, or doesn't need a compass in the desert, or has the ability to autopath in the desert, or can instant find portals and tell them apart from each other? Just my personal thoughts. Dude, I would take all those things since I'm playing the class, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know about that last one because now you're just going to have everyone that grinds history or Akman just having an alt, basically. <laughs> like, all right, uh, where's the portal? There it is. All right, swap back to my other character real quick. Yeah. Um, that Nuver thing, no one goes to Nuver, so we haven't seen it in years. I have no idea what it looks like. <laughs> also, everyone sure has their skill effects now. off. Do you, does Nuver do tornadoes? I don't remember. Yes, he does. I think I've only fought him like twice. Um, yeah, I mean, some, some cool dude being able to auto path in the desert would actually be such a nice perk. Oh my god. Um, Infrax says, I've rolled from Sork to Mewa, and the thing uh, I miss most are long capes. It's racist. Hashtag May2. <laughs> long capes, yeah, it's definitely an issue with some of the outfits that Mewa has. It doesn't make sense why she has short capes. And all, As a like, I feel your pain. Well, Zerker oh, has the same treatment. You got some short ass capes, or yep. For I some reason, the biggest class in the game has capes that go down to their shoulder blades. I don't know why. <laughs> I think the short capes on Mewa represent the short slash small openings they have to be CC'd. Um, oh my gosh! Anna Wari <laughs> says, <laughs> "Reslar feet picks win." Dude, what? that's the uh, that's the exclusive fifty dollar tier on uh, Patreon. So <laughs> you get a personal Discord invite. Imagine paying <laughs> paying actual money to be grieved by Reslar's feet. 
<laughs> Actually, let, let's let's hear. I, I want to hear uh, Moreland's uh, opinion on this. What's your on what's your, your opinion on uh, um, Musa and Mewa in terms of since you played Musa? What's your what's your opinion? Pretty bad. Like as far as his opinion is their pretty state bad, in the game saying. or. Just... Well, they need some buffs, man. Yeah. I mean, so... Frosty, Frosty's on the, the team of their OP, so I'm no, trying to explain I'm not it actually to him. on the team. I, I troll on that. I, I think that they're better <laughs> than they're given credit for, because a lot of bad players play those classes, specifically Musa. But, yeah. A lot of bad Go on, players. Well, almost, Sorry, everyone, almost everyone used to uh, has a grab now, right? Like the There's only a few classes that can't grab, and some of those classes, like Sork and Archer... Um, they don't really need a grab because they have a lot of other shit. Uh, Musa and Mewa, I feel like, are the weakest of all the non-grab classes. They don't have they they. You really have to play those classes well. Like the skill floor is super high. You can't do any sort of like just forehead like shift F spam like you can on other classes. Um, so considering how much skill they take to play, I, I definitely feel like they're. They're underpowered. I, I think it's just a side effect of constantly adding new classes that have super armor on like every single fucking skill. And then that just makes non-grab classes weaker and weaker. What what would you change yeah. on Musumewa if you could, Morlin? Specifically. Um I don't know. I think they could probably revert the stamina changes, give them more movement now that um, you know, now that they're more and more punished by having to look for openings. Um I guess if you you can do some out trading now on Musa and Mewa, right? Like if you, I, I haven't played either of those classes for for a while, but um, I don't know every every succession or awakened Musa that I fight, I feel like they just have to do everything so perfectly, or else they have absolutely no chance. Um, I you know, I just block super armor everything. They don't really have a good way of of getting around it, and they don't even necessarily have the advantage of mobility. Like I can I can chase down a Musa now with Succession Warrior and catch him with Charging Thrust Solar Flare. You know that he can't even necessarily dash away from me. That must be nice. Three sixty. I concur block with all these statements. <clears throat> I, I well, I recommend everyone. The thing is, <laughs> the thing is that's rough though. Is like because against classes like so, Musa Mewa in that situation that you described against Succession Warrior probably tough against Awakened Warrior too. I think um, I was just talking with Kyrim. He says that's one of the most difficult matchups for him. Um, Guardian as well. But outside of that, like ha the thing is that's tough. I think is to make changes for those matchups that aren't going to like overly affect some of the other matchups that aren't that bad. Because those class like those, it's very difficult to beat a guardian if you do not have a grab. Like that's just fact. And I don't know if that's an issue with Musa Mewa more so than an issue with Guardian. I I don't know, but kind of a tough balance. I think it's an balance. issue more with Guardian. Just their, um, their yeah, it's kind of the problem, right? Like I don't, there was definitely a time where Musa Mewa um, was pretty good, especially if you were good on those classes. Like you could you could even one bx. Um, similar to like what Sorps can do, but the more Guardian-like classes they add to the game, um, you know, what What do you do against a class that has so much protected damage? If you don't have a grab, then you really just have to know their class better than they know yours, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I'm on the philosophy that I don't want to see Musumewa get a grab, but the things that you would need to do in order to make it so that's fair is similar to how, like, not definitely not copy paste like sort 
type of iframes or anything like that. But we need some sort of mitigation for scraps at the very least. Like the iframes that we do have, like Chase is not a reliable iframe. Would you concur with that? Like you just need a separate. Um, they need to make Chase fully super armor and then just give you a separate ability that is an iframe on like a relatively short. Honestly, I separate. would be fine with that. Like the way the, sleet the steps used to be used, you know? doesn't work anyways. Yeah. Um. All right. Moving on. Let's see. Um. Okay. Uh. one says maybe twin magical kukri for his awakening weapon. I don't know what a kukri is. I'm gonna, I'm gonna search for it. Not on video, just in case. <laughs> uh. Let's see. What is a kukri? Okay, it is a real it is a real thing. It's not something sexual. Here we go. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, it's like a jagged knife. I don't know the 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 problem with one of these. I mean, I guess if it's a magic class maybe it doesn't matter that much, but um I don't know, it just doesn't look that cool, right? So the skins are kind of meh. It, yeah. Um they have like a twin or a double-sided dagger for an offhand it looks like anyway in the there's like a leak or whatever last week. We showed it on stream. Um, I just don't know what the awakening is. They the guy it's described as a type of longsword, but I don't know. I don't know who knows what that means. Um Queso eighty one says, I think I came up with an idea to fix balancing. Simply give every class awakening and succession combined together. Sounds fun to me. Yeah. I'm just again I'm picturing two voltaic pulses on one witch, you know hey, what I mean? No, I'm I'm good, fam. Thanks. <laughs> Yeah. Um, the only thing with that is you you just have to pick one of the versions. Take succession case. take succession wizard and then give it awakening wizards AoE. Yeah, I, I'm good. Right. Um the Musassin says Tamer hundred percent BSR kills in one hit, doesn't it? I mean if they have the gear, yeah. Generally can one shot you. I mean it's like you have to sit in it for a second or so, but it, it's probably like the fastest killing alt no um, i don't think so i think warrior awakening warrior no no one really died awakening warrior one like even though it does kill fast if it kills you it doesn't do enough damage generally to kill most people now though you have to like wait all you have to do to awaken warrior alt is just stand near a rock that's like two inches off the ground and he'll stun himself when he dashes towards <laughs> yeah, yeah ain't that the truth dude. yeah the warrior one does kill the fastest so you're right res but it's like if you're like like a tamer doesn't need to completely outgear someone to kill them with it in one skill, I guess. Is the but difference. you literally just said if they have enough gear to kill you, so why are we suddenly not applying that to warrior? Well, but tamer needs way less like to get to that point. Stronger. Like game. tamer could be like gear matched with me, and that ult's just gonna wreck me. A, a warrior that has the same gear as me is probably not gonna kill me with the ult, but it'll get me really low. You really miss that alt. That's like the biggest thing I miss of not playing Awakened Warrior. The Succession Warrior alt is so. What is it? What is on Succession Warrior? It's spinning slash, which oh. is weird because the absolute hundred percent spinning slash was super strong. Um, and back in the day, like pre awakened spinning slash hundred percent was super strong, but the Succession one just doesn't really hit that hard. Or I don't know if it has a weird hitbox or something, but it just doesn't seem to do much. Nice. Have you tried to see if it's maybe like a lot of skills have a uh, like a sweet spot hitbox? Could it be something like that? 
Yeah, it might be. Um, I mean, I use the old spinning slash 100% a lot, so I know the hitbox on that really well. And if there's people who, you know, you can use it in a large scale fight and like line people up in a straight line and hit five or six people and yeah. you know, half life and stun them and with the succession one it just doesn't really do that i might do i might chunk one person but i'm not chunking groups of like five or six people with it ever no matter where they're standing yeah um jl says i have to say running into br for most of our t2 node wars in the past two weeks is just frustrating it is this kind of fights that pushes us into sniping yeah uh what could they do to fix node wars Morlin, so that um t2 guilds like actual t2 guilds don't have to fight against cho nation black rose every day uh i've i've tried thinking about this what do you guys think if so first of all when it comes to gear caps i think they should probably get rid of some of the cheese like the human damage going over the um gear caps and stuff like that and and make the gear caps for t1s a, a little bit more um just make them make sense mm -hmm. and then what if there was a couple different brackets what if there was like the t1 cap and then there was a t2 cap that was at like you know 261 or 265 or something and then you know you keep maybe t3s and above to where people can bring whatever gear they want uh i mean i'd be fine with that except the cap is actually pretty high in I think isn't the hard level T ones cap already like two? It's like two seventy. Yeah, it's like two. It's like two eighty. I think. Yeah, like two eighty AP and three, whatever. It's it's like two eighty total AP though, right? Including your bracket. So I think you hit that way lower than two eighty sheet. I don't know. I'm not sure how all that stuff works. I, I but think I think you max out at like two fifty AP or so. I don't. I, know. I could be. I haven't done two ones in a long time. Honestly, God. Yeah, go ahead. I'll tell you how to fix it. I'll tell you how to fix it. I'll fix it really easily. Get rid of T4s. Okay, first of all, get rid of T4s. You only have three tiers. Tier 1, Tier 2, Tier 3. Tier 1 is all gear capped. You make the gear caps nice and low so that the new players can go there. Tier 2 is uncapped, but you can't siege. Tier 3 is uncapped, but uh, only people who go there are the siege guilds because you have to own a Tier 3 in order to go to any siege in any region. There, I just fixed it for you. You're welcome. Oh, and you can't go down. That's the other important thing. So once you own a T3, you can't go to a Tier 2. I just fixed Siege. You're welcome. All right. Real quick, we have, we have an update. They, an they, update. We have an update on the roadmap. This came out, I guess, two days ago on console. But they said uh, there's a notice for the console versions about the roadmap, the roadmap and the Hashishin. So I'm just going to read it verbatim here. And, uh, and then we'll, we'll discuss after. Adventures. We wanted to again thank everyone for joining us during the Heidel Ball, blah, 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 blah. During the event, we were able to share information regarding the Black Desert Console roadmap. Although initially scheduled to be released in the first half of 2020, Guardian unfortunately still needs work done to have it ready for adventures. To make up for it, it was announced that Hashishin, the newest class for Black Desert, would be introduced on console first out of the global services. The way that it was this was prevented, however, may have caused confusion we would like to clarify. Um, as the lead designer or producer Jay He mentioned during the ball, uh, Black Desert content first launches on Black Desert Korea PC, then it branches to overseas global services. Hashishin will first be released to Black Desert Online Korea PC, then will make his way to console, making it the first among the overseas global services to receive the class. We are sorry this was not clearly stated during the presentation. We'll ensure such misunderstandings will not occur in the future. 
So, yeah, so get fucked console. You're not even getting the new class first. Well, they're getting it before us. So get fucked us as well. Yeah, yeah. they but did that say did... like that it would be the first global release or something. Right. So I, I remember being confused by that wording. So I guess that makes sense. I still love the fact that the KR is essentially more of an alpha test server than Global Lab. I don't know why. It's just so funny to well, me. The glo- no, no, the Global Lab is alpha. It, well, with classes, yeah, you're right. Because they, they almost never release classes on Global Lab before KR. It's either the same time or whatever. But I think that's more of like a, as a teaser. Or like they don't want to like ruin the surprise of the class or whatever. But yeah, generally... Global Lab is alpha, KR is beta, and then we are the unfinished product. <laughs> yeah, we're the early access. <laughs> yeah, we're the early oh, access, yeah. yeah. They've had an alpha and a beta, but we're still early access for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, legitimately, though, like, would, would that not fix, like, that issue in Node Wars if you literally just made T3s required to pl- participate in Siege? And then you just fucking made it to where you don't, you can't go down once you get it. Like, what? Yeah, like, what, can't can't go down or up. If you want to participate in any siege, you have to place on T three, and you have to win a T three. And if you own a T three, you can't place on T two. If you own a T two, you can't place on T three. That that would help. And then just remove tier four altogether, combine it into one thing. Yeah. And maybe even reduce the amount of nodes on T threes and T fours, so it's more contested and people actually have fights. I don't. I don't know. I agree. I think that'd be better than what it is now. Because what about that, Moreland? Can, can, is that an idea I can sell to you? Yeah, actually, I like where you're going with that. I think that makes sense. Because my thing is, like, it's so hard. It's so difficult to build a guild. It's like so difficult, and like guild members like legitimately want to quit. That that's always been my thing. Like guild members will actually quit if you have to fight Cho or Black Rose like multiple times in a row. They'll be like, eh. Dude, I'm just going to go to a life skill guild, or I'm just going to go join Black Rose or Barca, or whatever, like one of these guilds that can win these. So, like, building a guild just becomes infinitely more difficult on these middle tier nodes that are supposed to be for the smaller or weaker guilds. So, yeah. yeah. But at the same time, it's it, it really is like, I know people like to make out Black Rose and Cho Nation, those guys like the bad guys, and to an extent they are, but at the same time, like, they're just trying to find fights and have fun as well. Like it, they're they're not doing it specifically to fuck over smaller guilds. They are uh, also a little, a little bit. It's half an, It's not to fuck over yeah. smaller guilds. You're not you're not wrong about that. I you don't have that. a night where you just want to noob stomp. Yeah, but it's definitely to noob stomp to ego feed for sure. Some Which of is it is just for as sure, egregious. But like, but I'm gonna go back to like because there is no reason for them all to go fight each other on tier fours. Like nobody goes there. So, like, even people who maybe don't want to, like, just pub stomp, or maybe, like, they do every once in a while, but not always, they're still forced to, because what else are they going to do? Just go well, destroy a tower of a snipe guild on a T4? Black Rose would place on the same node every week. When I was in there, there was multiple times they would place on the same node every Monday, every single week. Cho Nation could have knows that. Vertex at the time knew that, and it was, like, very rare that any of those guilds ever fought us or vice versa. Like Black Rose knows like, all right, Cho Nation owned this node three times in a week, uh, in a row. Like we, we could go fight them, but we never did. Like, that's the thing. It's like, so 
at while I do get like there's not fights, there's there are times where if you just look at the the history of the node, you can see kind of where people have tendencies to place, and they generally don't either. You know, so you're yeah. not you're not completely wrong. I just you're not completely right. I feel like they half want a noob stomp and half want fights. I'm not saying that that doesn't ever happen. Like yeah. I, I'm 100 sure it does. I've been in that position where I've been like, dude, I kind of just want to like kill people that you know I can just fuck with, but. Uh, what I'm saying is, is, is it's not like they're like these completely evil. Like, ah, yes, we're gonna go kill all the noobs and make right. them quit the game. Like, for I don't sure, think that, sure. that happens. No, it's not that. It's not that. It's it not definitely that. Definitely does bad. happen. I can tell you, as a <laughs> member of Aftershock, there are a hundred percent members in those guilds that want us to quit the game and will purposely oh, drop okay. make sure that we're like, not having. I feel like Aftershock is a bit of a special position, though, because you guys are so fucking like hated by so many people yeah I, I guess i don't think that we've done anything to deserve that type of hate though like there's, i don't either talk is one thing but trying to get aftershock has never tried to get anyone to quit the game like we've never tried to do anything like that so i, I don't know i just think like if you guys want less competition then keep doing what you're doing yeah i i don't either i i think i know a lot of people don't like tim and like I know a lot of people have issues with Tim, but I, I don't think anything that Tim has ever said or done warrants people trying to legitimately make members of his guild like quit the game or not have fun. Like I, I think that's just insanity. Like at the end of the game at the end of the day, it's a fucking game. Like I know we all get heated, we all get upset. It's a competitive game, but like it is a game. The idea that we're gonna try and make this guild die is like, I don't know. That's such an extreme to go to. Like, there's, Didn't, I can, there's like one guild I can think of that I legitimately wished would, did not exist anymore. And that's because they, like, legitimately, like, said some really fucked up shit to me and all of my friends in our guild. So, I, I think there's just, you, you have to go to real extremes to warrant that type of, that type of shit, honestly. Um... Super Sean says, Nayashi, stop PvPing and pay attention. Goddamn Maywas. <laughs> <laughs> that's that sounds about right. <laughs> Maximum effort. Li- you know, Maywa brain, we have limited things we can pay attention to at once, yeah. you know? That's why this is why I think every everyone that mains Maywa or Musa when they re-roll to a new class is going to fail miserably, even though they, they think that it's just a face stomp, because they're gonna actually have to use a movement combo instead of holding R and B. It's gonna be tough. Uh, maximum effort, effort to translate the producer words when it comes to removing the weapon change coupons. Quote, we are feeling that the players are accusing us of doing balance changes to force them to re-roll to a new class by using class weapon coupons. And in order to prove that this is not the case, we will make this sacrifice to prove you wrong. End quote. There's not an actual that's translation. Really he's saying, that, yeah. no, no, no. He, he's saying that's what he's translating it for us, what he took from it. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, that's not what they actually said. And he said, and in I, order to prove that is not the case, we'll make the sacrifice to prove you wrong. Edit January 2021 is also winter 2021. Some Asians just phrase it like that, so it's likely the new region to be out in KR in six to seven months, not 18. Yeah. I, I do like Moreland's idea the most, though, so far out of all the theories I've heard, that they were getting so many tickets that they were like, dude, fuck, just take this shit out. Just take this shit out. This is ridiculous. Yeah. 
They rolled my weapons back once. That was very kind of them. DG609 says, Me rolls back to warrior. Okay, I'm fine. Not going to reroll. I love this class. PA, Hashishin. Me, fuck. I'll do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Same, dude. I was settled on Kuno. And now this. Small and dick. Sandmage. <laughs> Small dick stole your girl says, Is Archer one of the most protected classes? And if they are, can you give me examples why? I don't think they're one of the most protected Wait, classes. I think they have a lot of protection no. for a range class, but not. I think Archer's like kind protected. of fallen off the totem pole a little bit since the introduction of some of these other kits, like the succession kits, and of course Guardian too, right? Yeah, once they gave Wiz Witch Succession Archer's kit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thanks, change. That that alone, I think, pretty much you know ended their career. <laughs> I don't know. I think the problem, the reason Archer seems so insane is because they do have an ass load of protected CCs and also the fact that they are so, like, ranged, right? And ranged in itself, I mean, I know people don't, like, talk about it like it is, but it, it really is. Range is a form of protection in and of itself. So the fact that they can hit you from so fucking far away... I mean, I know gap closes and the amount of classes that can just easily close that distance is, you know, is, there's a lot of them, but the range is a form of protection in and of itself. So I, I really think it's a combination of those two things. The fact that they can hit you from so far away so consistently with so much damage and the whole time you're trying to close those gaps, they have so many, like, protected CCs that they can just toss out fairly willy-nilly, in all honesty. Sark says they have... Nine protected CCs, no BSR, not including the skills that are protected charge and unprotected on release. But four of those nine protected CCs are grabs, right? Oh, no, wait, that's Zerker. Yeah, right. Um, small, oh, no. Uh, Clayton Alexander says, black ragged crow wings with feathers falling out all over the place. Oh, yeah, for like a skin idea? That would be sick. I'd yeah. be down. Dude, Moreland, wings. Moreland, let me sell you my idea I had last week when we were talking about Space Force. Like, dude, tell me this wouldn't make them money. What if they just made an extra costume slot and it was literally just an effects slot where you can purchase effects just like you purchase like pieces of a costume so you could like make your hand glow, you can make your weapon glow, you can make your costume like have a shadow off of it. Like, all kinds of different effects and shit. Like, tell me that would not fucking sell, like, hotcakes. Yeah, I think there's a lot of stuff that like that they could monetize. I'm always surprised they didn't do more with mounts in this game. Like, if they want to make money, just sell cool mounts to people, and people will pay bazillions of dollars to ride around on a, you know, fucking tank or something. <laughs> like, I don't know. The fact that we have like, horses and donkeys, like, I'm, I'm just surprised that there's not more of that kind of cosmetic cash shop stuff. Resden well, finished we... his idea. And he also wanted in that same weapon, or that same slot for cosmetic costume that if you buy the $100 version, you also get 10 DP and 10 AP. Yeah, yeah. Of and course, it's sheet. Uh... <laughs> I think the issue a lot of people have with, like, getting too close to, like, too fantastic cosmetics, because we talked about this last week as well, is you eventually get, like, lollies riding around in police cars. Yeah, right? it devolves into, like, <laughs> yeah, you're wearing a panda bear outfit, driving a police car with, a pa like, a bamboo shotgun, <laughs> and it doesn't make yeah. any sense. 
<laughs> the game just looks chaotic. But I do think like I mean there could they could do different horse. I mean they could even do like buy skins for if you have a Pegasus, you can get a Pegasus with bat wings instead or a different color Pegasus or like so much shit. Change the the fire on the Doom Horse to be water animations. Like people would pay so yeah, much. Yeah, Path for of that Exile shit. does that kind of stuff. They have like the skill effects and different glows and all that shit, and people definitely pay money for. It. Yeah. Um, Ash McLeod says, "All right, for the seasonal server thing, are you guys going to be playing your best class or a new class entirely? I'm kind of torn. I don't want to go through the process of leveling a new char for a class I already have, but I can transfer a Tet item to the same class or level new class, so I don't have a double and spend a couple days figuring it out. So I'm not sure how the item transferring thing I won't works. Worry about the item transfer at all. So this here's how it's going to work. You're going to pick one of your Tet boss pieces. Uh, one, of, one of your pinned Tavula pieces is going to turn into a Tet boss piece. So you could get like a Tet Kudum or something out of this. Um, I, I really wouldn't worry about that. The item that you're going to be transferring is not sellable anyways. So like, unless you already don't have, uh, if, if you're missing Tet boss gear, you could fill out one of those slots. But if you're worried about it being class dependent, then just get yourself like a Tet, you know, Dim Tree or something. And instead of transferring the weapon over, I think that's that would save you more money than the weapon, anyways, right? Because like it's worth a tet. A lot of the tet armors are worth more than tet weapons, so I, I wouldn't worry too much about that. I would just play whatever you want to play and not think too hard about the item transfer. The main item that's going to transfer over is the pin Kaposha ring, so that's what most people are going to be looking to as a reward. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to be playing a new class. I mean, for me, there's like I, I feel like a lot of people n- might use it as an opportunity to do that. Yeah, I feel like there's no point in playing the same class. I mean, it's gonna get moved over anyway, and then you're just gonna have two of the same class. I don't know. Um, Void Null says, "Shy guest when?" I don't think anyone plays shy. Yeah, I have been getting requests from people about getting a shy on. Interesting. Uh, shy is a platform in some age. <laughs> the carrion <laughs> justicar says make it 10 to 15 percent of the weapon cost plus 50 million per caffris level or whatever that way it scales and makes it semi-costly make it a once a month thing or something too i don't know is he referring to re-rolling coupons maybe probably yeah weapon yeah. coupons um and that is uh that is that that's the uh that's the comments for this week so uh Moreland, thank you so much for coming on the show you are awesome um if yep, you want to share definitely. where people could find you and all that stuff again that'd be awesome your twitch your youtube and all that stuff yep everything is just uh Moreland tv on twitch twitter discord youtube m-o-r-r-o-l-a-n tv and watch out for the moreland.tv website whenever that goes up and you said that that's going to be a major network television station one day yeah exactly gonna yeah, kinda like own. it's gonna be like own yeah i'm gonna launch like a news station and we're gonna have some sitcoms and it's it's gonna be pretty big hell yeah dude <laughs> res you want to shout out to the patreon people and stuff i don't i don't know what you do on that i don't i'm not sure no, where I'm that just, goes I'm, I'm gonna edit it into the beginning don't worry about it okay. it's 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 already done it's already done what are you talking about i did it 
Right. All right. So let's go through the list of reminders. We have a Discord. Check out the Discord if you want any updates on what we're doing, community events, podcasts, when we go live, all that sort of stuff. Um, Nayashi and I stream it every single week. Uh, the recording goes up generally on Monday, provided there's no delay. We generally record every Sunday morning, um, but usually in the weekend, either Saturday or Sunday morning. So if you guys want to watch it live, come hang out. Um, you could check out Nayashi's stream anytime he's streaming uh, Mewa during the week at twitch.tv slash Nayashi underscore A or underscore NA. Find me twitch.tv slash SoFrosty. Reslar um, has a new stream. <laughs> what is what is your stream, Res? It's uh, twitch.tv slash notreslar, trying to see if my internet can handle it. So far, it seems to be working okay. We're going to keep testing it and see how far we can uh, ride this horse. Yeah, and if you want to add a comment to the video, we always read them on the show. So those are always fun to interact with. And uh, yeah, I think I think that's, well, that's I, about it. I got I got a request from uh, chat. They, they want uh, Wario Poets to come back, so it's it's on you, man. Oh no! <laughs> I don't want to be in charge of that shit, <laughs> dude. So, if you guys are interested in uh, any of the streams or in uh, what Moreland's got going on, his YouTube channel, his uh, Twitch, all that stuff will be found in the description of the podcast. So you can just go down there and just click it or copy paste, uh, and that way you can check out all of his stuff or any of our uh, individual stuff going on there. Uh, is there anything else, guys, before we take off here? No. No, I think no? that's it. Stay friendly. Dude. All right. Stop griefing people. If thanks, everybody. So... Thanks, <laughs> Jay Scrolls, dude. Thanks, everybody, so much for watching. We appreciate everybody in the stream hanging out with us. We appreciate everybody uh, listening to SoundCloud and Apple and uh, watching the YouTube video and post. And, uh, yeah, we will see you guys all next week. Bye.